I can have notification as soon as the show goes live. What is going on? Hello, everyone. Welcome to the annual manga recap for 2022. That's right. It is January the 4th of 2023. And as is the first weekly manga recap of the new year. And there's no manga this week, except for a chapter of Chainsaw Man. But shut up. An shut amazing up, chapter, up. too. We, we, Great chapter. Who knows shut up. when we'll talk about it. Maybe never. Uh, so we are going to be talking about all the stuff that we previously talked about. Uh, good times, bad times, good manga, bad manga. We're going to be talking about it all, going through some of our favorite moments, favorite series, favorite characters, and uh, some other weird miscellaneous stuff as well. And also seeing how many things I remember, which is not a lot. Uh, this should be no longer a mystery to anyone that I've got like bad memory when it comes to things that I previously have talked about on this show. Hi, everyone. I'm Nick, joined by Quinn here on Weekly Manga Recap, Annual Manga Recap. And um... to be to be clear, it's yeah. it's not a you thing per se. I'm just as bad at remembering things. If yeah, Ninja if Ninja didn't send me a list of the stuff that happened, I wouldn't know. It wouldn't happen. I'd have to go back and at least check cuz I, I there was no way I'd actually remember this. Uh, as evidence when we start talking about our recommendations and there's someone like, "Huh? What? What are you talking about? Don't make these things up." I at least remembered most of the recommendations that we did this year. Yeah. Most of them. Uh, there's there's one specifically that I look at. I'm like, no idea. <laughs> but outside of that, I I have a vague idea. I, I, I can at least work with it, which I guess is a good place to start uh, in, in talking about the, the total enclosure of Weekly Manga Recap in 2022 was the recommendations that we took. Yeah, uh, we got through a, a fair chunk of stuff uh, this year. I think that we set, in general, a pretty good pace for ourselves. Uh, we managed to kind of, for the most part, get like, okay, we'll get this out in like two weeks. Uh, in some cases, like when we got to Halloween, we kind of we kind of we kind of picked up the pace a bit, uh, and then you know when it came to times when we had to take a little bit more time it was in general for like more sizable series uh Uh, so i think that we did kind of like find find a bit of a good pace for ourselves uh this year and we managed to get a nice good mix of good and bad uh there were and uh, and 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 unfortunately a little bit of forgettable too yes Uh, (laughs) there's a little bit every year there's there's always going to be at least one title that i'll look at the end of the year and be like huh what? What are you talking about? Absolutely. Uh, so what's this run from the start of this? Right. So uh, our first series that we covered in the year of 2022 was Liar Game. Or was it? Oh, I had to figure out if you're lying. All oh, right. Well, well, hold on. Uh, the best way to do it, I'm going to fill one briefcase full of bricks and another one full of feathers. I'm going to pay two people one ship each to both pass them across to you. See which one you gauge more. That's going to give me a piece of information. But I've actually secretly paid someone else seven more chips. But those don't matter because those are worthless chips. I don't give a shit who has those chips. But I'm paying them to break into your house and look at your computer and find out if it's the first one of the year or not. 
And it, it turns out it was. A, and it was all a simulation uh, in order to find out a thing. Uh, and it was resolved very, very suddenly. I don't remember yes. it too well. Uh, <laughs> there was a bit of a, a, a sudden ending. Um, but this is one I, I kind of like... I don't want to say backdoor got recommended, but I just mentioned like, hey, has anyone ever recommended Liar Game? A bunch of people were like, I'm going to recommend Liar Game. And I was like, yeah, fuck it. I'd like to read Liar Game again. And we did. Like, yeah. I enjoyed it. Has anyone ever recommended giving Nick, <laughs> Nick $20,000? I wonder if anyone's ever done that before. <laughs> you got to yeah, post it in Discord. That's the only way it gets going. Oh, well, um, it's never going to happen then. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed rereading it a lot. It's not a perfect series by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I've come to kind of enjoy how chaotically complex it is at times. It is exhausting to read at points. There are certain games where you're like, this is far too long. Um, but it, it it is, I think, a series with some pretty good character development, and uh, it was worth it, I thought. Yeah, uh, I quite enjoyed it overall. Uh, we had a really good discussion on it, uh, I feel, uh, where we kind of did dive uh, into uh, what made it good, uh, ways it could have been better. Uh, and But in general, it's a very different manga, and I'm glad that we did finally get to talk about it. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. All right, and uh, after that... We did uh, a very different series from it, which is uh, Hitomi-chan is Shy with Strangers, about uh, a shy, tall, shark girl uh, who didn't like talking to people for about two chapters, uh, and then she made a bunch of friends, uh, and things were awkward and cute, and she had a cool brother that's that that those these are the things that i remember it's weird the the detail i think i remember the most besides the fact that like the the main girl was very like waifuified uh was just <laughs> how like and it's usually a thing in these sorts of series that the main lead is like boring and unmentionable but this was like the most like the fact he was short was probably the most defining characteristic <laughs> of the lead and like that one really that one really stuck with me because of <laughs> Oh, uh, oh, oh, nondescript rest. I think this was a fun series, um, but in comparison, like a lot of series like this, I've continued to read and like pick up the volumes for. This is one of the few where I've like I've looked at it and been like, do I want to pick up another volume of this? And I just never do. So I guess that's some kind of statement to the fact. It's it's just I guess maybe not my favorite of this particular kind of genre. Yeah, no, uh, I, I, I get what you mean. You know, we've we've both kind of gravitated towards a few uh, manga of this genre. Like uh, you, you, we both like uh, uh, Komi-san. Uh-huh. Uh, I like Nagatoro. Uh, and in this case, it was like, yeah, I, I mean, I see the appeal. It's just not really for me. Yeah, this, this there's time, people so. out there who like shark fang uh, girls. And uh, this is that series for them, you know? Yep. I'm not going to mention names, but Mulder knows who he is. Uh, so okay. the next one we did is Love Me For Who I Am, Nick. Yeah, uh, this is probably the series that I am most glad that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, th- I thought that it was... Not Dick Fight uh, Island? I thought that it was, uh, you know... All right, the second most fucking one I'm most glad we talked about. <sighs> There's no record that we talked about that, Quinn. That's true. <laughs> well, there's a record that you talked about, and I, I, talked about and I am theoretically present in the room. That There is that. Right. 
you know, there was just a lot of really, really nice stuff in it and a lot of really, really challenging stuff uh, in it. Uh, this this series, by the way, Love Me For A Ham, was about a non-binary protagonist uh, and the they're joining a cross-dressing maid cafe uh, and the group of friends that all worked there uh, and how each of them, you know, had like a, a different identity somewhere on the uh, sexuality and uh, gender identity uh, spectrum that was non-cisgender slash non-heterosexual uh, and how they all just kind of like got along and supported each other and occasion occasionally, especially when it came to the protagonist, uh, some of the challenges that they dealt with in like their personal life and family life. And at times it got really, really intense, uh, but there it was definitely balanced out by a lot of just nice vibes uh, of them being cool and supportive of each other. And it was just overall really good. Yeah. I do think one of the girls was like cisgender heteronormative, but um, it was like of the four principal characters, there definitely was a lot of like different expressions in the cast. And that was definitely explored. Uh, I really appreciated how like the entire thing went around. Might have been a boy. I really don't like a, a lot of details about this series. Unfortunately, I've left my mind. Unfortunately, um, but I, I I did really enjoy seeing the different expressions, but then also seeing how much of like a sloppy mess of a story it could be at times. Not like in terms of narrative quality, but just like very dramatic and and very like. It, a lot of very intense things happening, which may not be for everybody. Like some people might just think, oh, I really liked it when it was just a bunch of like teenagers enjoying themselves and having fun with it. Uh, but then there's, you know, threats and <laughs> drama and all sorts of stuff. It was very short. Um, it's a series I wish had gotten the, the chance to be like, you know, a whole lot longer, probably twice the amount of time I'd enjoy. But uh, yeah, I, I did. I did have fun with that. It was only around like thirty chapters long, I if think that. Four so, volumes, I think, is what I yeah, have for it. So. Yeah. Uh then we did Landlock. Um which was about the Okay, how do I talk about this? It was, it was having to go lost, to... but it was dumb. It, how do See? I talk about this without just doing another review of it? It was about the plainful of convicts who were supposed to be on death row because the law in Japan had been changed so that minors could be executed and they were all stranded and so they had to survive while also struggling for power and in some cases killing each other and it turned out that it was all part of a conspiracy where this AI had decided that the way <laughs> to solve everything was to uh it was it was a lot um it was not good uh no that's not I, a good yes that's a great way to describe it it's, it's not good um i think this is one that we had fun discussing because it was so uh absolutely ridiculous and silly um but it it is one of the worst ones we read i mean it was in full color so there's that nick it wasn't that like <laughs> that was pretty cool right 
Oh man, when you don't have good writing, good art, good humor. <laughs> Full color, that'll make up Could, for it all. <laughs> yeah, come on. We got remember when the poison guy was like a dickhead the entire time and he was like a friend at the end. Oh, and everyone loved him. Yeah, yeah. I, I do. Kinda. <laughs> I don't think he had a name. <laughs> I'm sure he did, but I only referred to him as poison guy. Right. Uh yeah. I, I guess in a way I'm glad that I read it because uh it made picking out my worst list a little easier. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, let's talk about everyone's favorite series from this year. Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. That's right. Wizards of the Coast had a Japanese-inspired set and decided to make a manga to tell the very dramatic story of the set. And Nick was regaled the entire time. I felt like... Especially because... To give you guys a little bit of an indication, for a lot of these series, I actually did, over the course of this past week, go back and listen to our reviews of them. Just to remind myself, like, okay, I don't quite remember what happened in this one, or I don't quite remember how I feel about this series, so I need to kind of come over some of the details. And this was one of the ones I re-listened to, and holy shit, you and Austin spent the entire time basically gaslighting me <laughs> into <laughs> trying to make me think. That this series is anything other than a non it's not a manga like it's an advert it is just it's it, there is not a story that is told it, with the beginning middle and end it is weird like, because like there is a, like so they like wizards of the coast creates stories for their sets and like now that like they put it out in an actual written form so you are able to look at a story and be like there is like a narrative and like if you looked at that and then you read the monkey, be like, yeah, it's essentially the same thing. But if you just read the monkey, you're like, I have no fucking like, who's this big fucking blue thing? Like, what's he doing? What's why is he have pants on? Yeah, I'm I'm just glad that in on my listen through it, I, I discovered that I was steadfast in my no, this is terrible <laughs> opinion. Uh, I, I maintained that it was it was a fun excursion to something different. Uh, I have heard no one else besides us even talk about no. the fact that there was a manga adaptation of the Kamigawa Neon Dynasty story uh, and in a year where the magic storyline has been ramping up steadily uh, the Kamigawa storyline uh, feels very forgotten about it might matter more when Kaito and the Wandering Emperor are supposed to be important characters in the next set uh, but this year had like four stories one of them was just, hey, remember this story from a long-ass time ago? We're retelling it again. And uh, somehow the <laughs> somehow Kamigawa still wasn't, like, the best of all of them. Uh, before we get in continuing this list, uh, you you saying that, like, uh, we're some of the few, few people who have even talked about that uh, this project online uh, uh, reminds me of the fact that we also have talked about some weird things on our Patreon exclusive episodes, mm -hmm. uh, not just like the random things that we have brought up in our uh, sort of buddy talks, but also there is an entire episode that I dedicated to talking about the Seventh Tower, uh, <laughs> a, a series of books that I feel like maybe two dozen people on the entire internet uh, even remember. Uh, so one, want one us, day we're gonna find uh, the other eleven, and they're gonna listen to the podcast, and then all you will join hands together and ascend. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, it's it would be nice if you had, you know, I, like remembered any of the things that I talked about from the series and made like an, a, 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 a oh, like an flyers. A, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah um i remember towers so, of colors and they didn't have the last one that pissed me off yeah there there was there was a it was a book series called the seventh tower there were seven towers within the series but there were only six books uh so that's bullshit <laughs> just felt felt wrong uh yeah so if you wanted to listen to us talk about weird random stuff like that join the patreon yeah and you will hear it but uh in terms of stuff that we regularly talk about uh one of the recommendations was blue box uh, which was uh for us to catch up so that on the series uh one while i specifically had not been reading it uh so that we could uh get into talking about it on a weekly basis uh and uh this was definitely one of the best series that we read for a recommendation uh because it's one of the best series that we've been talking about since then so it, it is a very good series it's been one of the more pleasant surprises uh, and it's one of the series I look forward to each week. It really does help to have <clears throat> just like a different pace to like sort of series or different genre to break up some of like it. I mean, now it is it's almost to the point where I wonder if you looked at non battle series to battle series, what the ratio is like, because I feel like it's got to be almost like dead even. But it is nice having mm. like a romance to talk about or something like that. And like one that's not absurdly horny. It's it's really like chef's kiss like it, it it truly fuels me to not have to be like and then he trips and pulls down her skirt and it's the thing yeah we did talk about a few horny series this 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 year didn't we mm. yeah a few just a few uh d gray man was a, a series that we talked about uh that uh shonen jump series uh from the 2000s which involved uh, vampires, kind of demons. Well, one, va- on what one, one vampire, I guess, and then demons. Depends on what you call them. Yeah. yeah. One is specifically a vampire, though. Alistair Crowley. Right. Everyone loves him. Right. He is the best. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and I don't have much to say about it. I, I, it was... Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. A, a decent bit i i was able to remember some characters that i had kind of forgotten about like miranda and be like yo miranda fucking rules this character rocks um and like moments that are legitimately good uh but i also did have to get reminded of just like how many technical terms existed in the series and its universe and how many rules it was following and how complicated everything got uh where i'm like yeah i'm i'm fine with not <laughs> following this all the way through like continuing to read it essentially uh, I, I i got what i came for and I'm, I'm i'm good cool uh then we went to go for it nakamura which was a uh pretty short series that had a kind of 80s shoujo aesthetic uh which was about a uh young teenage boy and uh his crush on his uh, male classmate, and it was just generally very cute uh, to see him just wanting to get close to this guy uh, and be his friend and also be his boyfriend. Yeah, Um, this is one I it is a very short series, so it's tough for me to like remember specific details. I remember enjoying it. I remember reading it and being like, this is fine. 
this is good. Like, this is a nice little sweet read. Uh, and that's kind of where the thoughts end, which, hey, that's perfectly fine to consume media and be like, that was enjoyable, and then proceed with your mm-hmm. life. Absolutely. Yeah. Not everything that you consume has to lead to you doing a 50-page essay about it. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Uh, we also talked about Catch These Hands, uh, which was about a former uh, school delinquents uh, who had uh, entered their mid-20s, uh, met each other again, and decided to start dating each other. And uh, so we had a uh, series of uh, lesbian girlfriends who were just kind of trying to figure out how this whole relationship thing was supposed to work. Yes. Uh, I enjoyed this one a lot. I, I think it's, it's again, like a cute romantic comedy sort of series. Um, but I like the dynamic we have in it where like one side is just this gruff dope and just that interaction that goes around. Uh, this is one I've been slowly like following as, as more and more volumes get released. And I, don't know, I, I just really enjoy the comedy of the series. It, it, it does give me a chuckle. And I, I think the premise itself is just so absurdly goofy of like, yeah, my old rival who used to fight me all the time. And they were like, oh, you were my biggest crush. And I <laughs> beat you all the time without you ever realizing it. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Very funny stuff. Uh, we continued our bizarre Pokemon adventure with Pokemon Black and White, which uh, had some fun moments from some of the uh, kind of NPC trainers, uh, if I remember correctly. Uh-huh. Uh, ones that we had, had like met throughout the story, they kind of returned. Uh, it was a, definitely a different sort of dynamic because uh, Black and White were well, at least initially, just more co-workers. And then it got to more like just the black story. And it was, and it was like, eh. But, yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. It, it is. I, I, I do enjoy black and white. Um, although it, it does run into that issue where it's a manga that has to kind of tell the story. So it has to involve a shit ton of legendaries. And like, yeah. the narrative kind of loses it. And then eventually, like they kind of had to stop their story because it ran into like, all right, well, black and white two have come out and they had to introduce the two new characters of black two and white two, which is still so one of weird. the most absurd naming conventions. They're like, look, these are what the characters are. This is what the games are called. These are what the characters are called. All right. Um, but it, it's still an enjoyable Pokemon adventure. It just does have a couple narrative problems that just kind of persist because it's an adapted material that just, you know, has to work through some stuff. Yeah. You could have just like called him Blake and Whitney. Like no one would have minded if you had just, <laughs> just done anything a little bit. No, black two, white two. Black two, white two. <laughs> like the idea that a parent would be like, I'm going to call my kid black. They're like, ah, oh, there's a black, oh. like in the school, like the year ahead, like, oh, okay, black two then. Mm-hmm. And then invertedly somewhere else, someone was doing the same thing for their child named white. They're They're like, ah, white. there's a white already. White two then. <laughs> and then we Dick, talked Dick, about Dick's Dick Dick. Fight Island and how it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. What? What? <laughs> were you afraid dick fight island was going to be when you first started turning up at the pages when you because this got sent to you physically 
I thought that it was going to have no sense of uh, humor. Okay. Or human emotion behind it. She's just going to be fucking. That's what you're worried about. Just going to be fucking. (laughs) And hey, let's not pull away. It is still a little bit that. fucking. (laughs) Um, But they're like, honestly, like my estimation of the series was drastically raised uh, by that second volume where it's just like the guys like having relationships with each other. Uh, and um, fortunately, because of that, I don't purely focus on the fact that like, wait a minute. So there's an entire community of people whose men practice giving each other orgasms and none of them know how to do it. What the fuck? Like... <laughs> No one figured out the butthole okay, at all. There's an entire generation of gay kids that are just like the butt. What? <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. Um, I I really wish that that episode had survived. Uh, but fortunately, part of it's intact. Yeah, you you can still listen to all the Nick parts we did. I do feel bad that we didn't get to have like a real full discussion of it. Um, I have talked to uh, Joa, who is the person I was going to have as a guest. Oh, I just like at some point had in the past been like, oh hey, oh, maybe sometime we'll pick up Dick Fight Island, and she took that as a cue to just buy the volumes. And then we didn't talk about it for like seven months. And eventually I was just like, she she just mentioned me like, so we're going to talk about at some point? And I just read this porn for nothing. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, we'll try to do it. So maybe at some point uh, we'll be able to coordinate something and and still get that discussion in there. Spoilers for life. A lot of the porn you read is, in fact, for nothing. Uh, Not all of it. Sometimes, you know, like you carry a little piece with you. You put a lot of it it into a locket and. You blast it and it stays with you. Okay. Yep. This is getting... All right. <laughs> Sandland! Yeah. It was an Akira Toriyama adventure about demons going with an old guy through the desert in a tank. Uh, it was a nice little adventure. Yeah. That's... I wish I had more to say about it, and I'm sure I, I one one thought I had seen is that people were like, oh, like there weren't really like super memorable manga discussions this year and i'm like that's fair because a lot of the manga we tended to read we tended to like or just tended to be like okay fun adventures and there's only so much you can really say to that uh without like just being like all right so chapter one happens and we just become a sandlot or a sandland recap podcast um but i mean like you know it's an akira toriyama story you should have a general idea on what his style of humor is like if you've read any of his previous work, even Dragon Ball Z has a small influence of it pretty much everywhere. So, uh, you know, it was it was fun. It was a fun little adventure story. But that's that's about where it kind of ended for me. Yeah. And then we had to get back. Yeah, we had to get back our discussions. We had to get back on get backers. And um, I, I, I will say memory has not done this series favors. <laughs> Because essentially all I can remember are the parts of it that are stupid. Uh, Like um, just how stupid Bon, that's his name, right? Well, Bon's the evil eye guy. 
Right. How stupid his power set yeah. is. Oh, yeah. Uh, absolutely <laughs> absurd. <laughs> like, here's his eye. There are mechanics and rules to how it works, but also he has the strongest hand that ever exists in the world. And you're like, all right. <laughs> and also, he's a massive pervert who gropes women's breasts at random, but also he's a cool guy and everyone loves him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there are a lot of issues with it. Um, I, I, The stuff I've come to is like, how overwritten so many of the arcs are. And I think the one that'll always stick with me is the stupid uh, DD or whatever the name for the card game arc was, where I was like, everything was so overblown and so over-exaggerated. And it's like, we have to go on a big training arc so we can learn to open our sixth sense. And that way we can fight these card holograms, which we don't ever really do. And then at the end, it's like, eh, did you even open up your sixth sense? Maybe it was never there at all. And you're like, so this is a big question. It eventually leads up to like the the question of the series being like, "Hey, what's it like to live in a simulation and shit like that?" But it, it is a very exhausting thing to do while you're in the process of reading it. Yeah, and I remember a lot of that. So, <laughs> uh, but it was. I, but I will still say. It is not the worst Sadistic September series we ever read. It's probably the best one we've done. <laughs> uh, then we got into Halloween month. Uh, we started Ooh, off. With- okay, hope the Spookmaster General is back. Just, just for this discussion. <laughs> well, we started off with Hozuki Island, which was about a bunch of kids at a school on an island thinking that there was creepy shit going down. And most of it was uh, misunderstandings that led to accidental murders. But also, there was a pedophile on the island, and uh, he was one of the people who did survive and probably should not have. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's like the like the takeaways I have from it is like how much of the series was just like senseless tragedies that just happened because like people were never able to like properly communicate things to one another. Like it doesn't help mm-hmm. that like the victims were kids. Uh, so they were just like Absolutely. not prone to listening to it. Uh, but that like, yeah, two innocent, uh, innocent adults, uh, died because of like misunderstandings. And then everyone else kept living despite like a kid hurled himself off a cliff into rocks and he just fucking, he was like, I gotta go to the hospital, but otherwise I'm a okay gang. And yeah, the fact that the, the, uh, weird, uh, pervert teacher like survived everything is mind-boggling to me like that man fucking who he he got like wasn't there a part towards the end where he just gets mangled by dogs or bees or something like that it was just like yeah he also like just had like he got beaten up multiple times he fell down a cliff and like multiple times i think like just all sorts of stuff happened to him and somehow he lived yeah so uh, we also covered Zom 100, Bucket List of the Dead, which was a story about a zombie apocalypse, but uh, it was pretty good for the protagonist who no longer had to go to his awful soul-crushing job, and instead he got to try and do all the things that he never got a chance to, and uh, he and his friends went off having weird adventures in a zombie apocalypse. It was a lot of fun. Yes. It was good times. Uh, I I enjoyed this one quite a lot. Uh, We liked the author's previous work, uh, Alice in Borderland, quite a lot. And I feel like a lot of that carried over here. 
Uh, I missed the opportunity to talk about some of the later volumes where you start to get into the silliness of like an evil uh, <laughs> bucket list holder and shit like that. Um, yeah. But it's it is legitimately, I think, a fun series with like entertaining elements, good character development. There's only one annoying character and like, hey, you know what? I'll take that. Yeah, it's a pretty good proportion, yeah. all things considered. Uh, not to be said, unfortunately, for Sankarea, which was our zombie girl series, where <sighs> the main protagonist boy was a scientist who had essentially created an elixir to turn a dead being into a zombie. And there was a girl who wanted to escape her life, uh, so she took it, and then she ended up dying, and she became a zombie girl. And it was all just a big excuse to be horny over zombie girls, really. That's what it was. That's what the... This was the series I was talking about. When I looked at St. Korea, I was like, I have no fucking clue what this is. I was like, was that like a boy and a girl? And that's as far as I got. <laughs> no other details. I was like, it was Halloween month. So it was like one of them, yeah. uh, the vampire or some shit like that. Um. Yeah, I this one fucking in and out like it's just gone. It's good because it was not worth remembering. Yeah, <laughs> but then it was time to get our game on, Nick. Yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh! GX the manga. Uh, I really like the conversation we got to have about this. I was it was there's a, a whole lot of you know nostalgia in in this for me. Uh, there were all sorts of just like weird references to just weird one-off episodes of Yu-Gi-Oh! GX that I was able to make and stuff. And, uh, you know, just talk about like the differences between this series and the anime, and, but also just talk about how on its own, the manga is pretty strong and uh, can stand on its own. Yeah. There were some really, really cool parts of this manga. It did things with characters that I think sort of fans of the anime might appreciate Chaz Princeton, uh, being like a legitimately cool badass and not like a silly goof uh you know there were a lot of really cool elements there are also some silly parts and there's some like dramatic over the topness that fits with Yu-Gi-Oh. a little short change towards the end of it as well but this was this was a fun time and i think nick you'll look forward to when we eventually talk about Yu-Gi-Oh 5ds it's gotta happen now mm. Mm. I, from what i understand the 5ds manga is weird so okay. uh <laughs> we'll see how hot dog crossing time time for us to cross now and get all that crossing done on time time <laughs> crossing time okay uh yeah so this was the series where when we read it we had two very different experiences <laughs> because somehow you managed to escape all the weird like, <laughs> The site I, I read it on, <laughs> the site I read it on, just didn't give those chapters. Some some god decided like to curate the experience, and they're like, you know, this series is a lot better when we take those chapters out. Uh, yeah. And the meanwhile, I just read it on just fucking Crunchyroll that had all of that shit in it. <laughs> so. But we uh, always so, got the theme song, though, so... We we at least have that to fall back on. Um, yeah, I... This was a... Uh, I, and unfortunately, like, with time, like, the only parts of it that I remember are just like, God, there was just some weird sex stuff in this. Like, despite the fact that it was just all people, like, running into each other at train stations, this is weirdly horny series. Weird. Yeah. 
And then uh, the last series that we talked about as a recommendation was Blue Lock, the uh, intensely over-the-top soccer manga uh, that was built on saying, fuck teamwork, score goals. Uh, but then it's and... kind of about teamwork, let's be honest. Yeah, it is, but it's like, but you have to not be, but uh, yes, but no, but uh, it's, and, you know, look, Ego's inconsistent in terms of his logic because he's not a good character. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Uh, I'd still had a lot of fun reading this series. However, uh, I liked all the action in it. So, yeah, I, I came away from this series enjoying it. I picked up, I'm picking up the volumes and I'm going to continue reading it. It's a fun sports manga. Uh, I just, I don't quite get into some of the action and character moments the way other people do. That's sort of Hmm. where my thoughts end. Yeah. All right. So what did you like the most? And what did you like the least? What do we start with? Best or worst? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I've i got worst written down first, I guess. All right, let's do worst first. Um, okay. I'll do my number three. Uh, my number three is Get Backers. Uh, because while the series is bad, as I mentioned before, this is, this is not the worst Sadistic September series we've ever read. It has mm. some very unfortunate parts to it. Um, but I am able to appreciate what is a, what it was attempting to do more than I was a lot of other series like Code Breakers or um, uh, Air Gear. Holy shit, I remember the name of it. It was just like sexy roller skate series. <laughs> I mean, that's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. No, yeah. I won't. <laughs> is accurate. <laughs> Thank you. That was my number, my number three. three is, okay. My number three is Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. Aww. It's, look. If we are judging a series in, ter- series in terms of what made me upset the most, then this would not make the list. But if we are judging the series based on the least of value, <laughs> this has to be on the worst list. Because there is nothing to it. It's a weird info doc that is miming a story. I cannot tell you a single joke, a single cool moment, a single sweet moment, a single anything that happens in this. I remember that events happen. Reading this manga was like reading a really, really, really hard to follow fan wiki article summarizing the magic the gathering plot line i could there was no entertainment to be found in it i'm sorry there uh but dick how will you understand the adventures of kato and the wandering emperor if you don't read this first before they show back up in phyrexia all is one I don't play Magic the Gathering, Quinn. But what, I don't need to know But that. what if there's a manga for that, too? There probably won't be. Although Junji Ito is doing art in it. I dropped a lot of nope. things right there, so I'm just going to let you uh, dwell in it. And uh, Guys, uh, if there are any other Magic the Gathering manga, don't recommend them, please. <laughs> hide, hide them for me, is what you're saying. <laughs> Um, my number two worst was Hozuki Island, which is a series that 
I wish I could say like, I don't know, because it's not scary and doesn't, it's not thrilling really. It's just kind of obnoxious. They keep like quote unquote killing characters, but then at the end they're just like, no, all of them legitimately did just need to go to the hospital and they're all okay now. And you're just like, what a fucking stupid story this is. You're like, oh, there was no ghost. It was just this girl who doesn't speak singing when she's all alone. But then at the end, they're like, but there was a ghost. It's, and then yeah, you just deal with the fact that everything is a giant misunderstanding. It's just it it it's a series that felt very let down by its its conclusion. Yeah, I get that. Uh, my number two is Sankarea. Okay, it was just an excuse to be pervy and gross uh there were many weird elements to it uh not just the fact that uh there was just like you know general fetishization of you know underage girls and stuff that's just like something that unfortunately just is kind of a a, a reality of a lot of the manga industries that just fucking is there uh but on top of that we have uh rea's uh father who bathes naked in a tub full of pictures of his own daughter uh, and does not ever get comeuppance for being a weird creep. Uh, He is instead a supporting character who gets to be a positive influence on the story, and that's just not great. Uh, And look, gross pervy things, there's that. Gross for things without any other redeemable values or any plot line that you can take any put any investment into, that just makes it even worse and compounds it. Uh, so there were some series that had that problem, like you know you just named one, Ozuki Island, had some gross pervy stuff in it. At least it had a plot. Uh, so <laughs> that's why that's why it's not on my worst list, even though I did put it down as like on my short list of series that were going to be here. Uh, well, that carries in perfectly because my number one is Sankaria, and you're correct about absolutely everything you said. Like, it was like a pervy, weird series without a whole lot of substance. Uh, but that's not why it's my number one. It's my number one because when I looked at this list, I was really like, I cannot recall a single thing about this. And I've, I've said many times before, I would rather something be bad than just be absolutely forgettable. Like, I could sit back and acknowledge that there was a period of my life for a week or whatever where I was reading manga and like, all that time just vanished into a fucking ether and it, it, it accomplished nothing because that series just immediately left my mind. Like I joked last year about Imperial Guards and I was like, this is going to be the series I never forget. Like I can still remember it was about saber two tigers and they were dragons. I, I legitimately, when I looked at Sankari, I was like nothing, not a, and this was like a month ago, two months ago. Yeah. Like, it's not like this was like in March. Like I li- I just couldn't remember anything about it. So totally get that. Definitely. Uh, but my number one is going to be Landlock. Ooh. Uh, because, look, all the things I, that we have both said about Sankara in terms of how it's forgettable and gross and stupid, all true. However, I feel as though it probably accomplished what it set out to do, which was have a story about a sexy zombie girl. Landlock, I'm pretty sure failed at everything it set out to do it did not establish a compelling plot line it did not have a a sense of uh dread about anything that was happening the mystery was stupid the reveal was dumb and made no sense the 
character beats did not have logic to them. There were sudden reveals and sudden character changes that were the definition of convenience. When the female lead is raging about how she's going to kill criminals and the criminal she's trying to kill goes, wait a minute, are you talking about this one girl who died? I was like cellmates with the guy who supposedly killed her and he just suddenly shatters her entire reason for being angry at criminals and wanting to kill them all in one hastily rushed 30 second conversation apparently when there is setups that you imagine will happen when there are characters that are revealed to have you know dissociative identity disorders and stuff and instead they just go the most obvious route possible with them when it turns out that the entire story is supposed to be about whether or not uh, criminals are capable of changing, becoming good people, and the protagonist isn't a criminal, so he doesn't need to change. Uh, just <laughs> uh, so, so many things. And on top of all of that, the series is called Landlocked, and they're on an island, which is the opposite of being landlocked. Just failed at everything. Cannot cannot think of a single thing that it did correctly. That's why I call it the worst thing that we've read this year. There you go. Well, if you want to know, our audience had a tie at number three with Hazuki Island and Sankaria. Landlock was their number two, and the audience worst recommendation of 2022 was Get Backers. So, yeah. There you go. All good choices. Yeah. I mean, bad choices, but good choices. Good, good, excellent. For, yeah. Excellent yes. picks. I also, as a, as a series that hasn't come up, uh, Selected as a dishonorable mention, crossing time for the reasons aforementioned. Yeah, so. and uh, I picked uh, nothing because I was like, "Yeah, crossing." Time. I got three. Excellent. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Crossing time, what an excellent fun little romp." <laughs> Nothing weird here. Um, <laughs> all right, let's talk about our favorites, uh, and I'll start. Uh, I have like two honorable mentions, but I only mentioned one mm. of them, which is uh, Blue Box. I don't. I have, this is like a just a, a thing I don't do when I do my recommendations. I don't pick the stuff that we, we kind of like read for the the recap, you know, they get added in there. So I just don't include that in there. But Blue Box is excellent. Probably would make this list otherwise. Uh, my number three was Liar Game, which I will look back and say I really do appreciate the full story it's told. And even though it's very absurd and a little too elaborate for its own good at times. Uh, it was still an enjoyable series to read. Yeah. Uh, Liar Game was among my favorites. Uh, did not make my top three. Uh, and Blue Box I also kept off for the exact same reason that you mentioned. I mean, we spent a good chunk of the year talking about it week to week. Uh, so in terms of putting it in my best recommendations, I decided to leave it off. Uh, my number three, Zugio GX. Uh, I had a hell of a good time reading this manga. Uh, and... I'm so glad that I did finally get to experience the whole thing. Got to see how cool Manjome could be finally. Um, and just had a good time talking about it as well. Uh, however, I will say like we did talk about a lot of the negatives of the series. So for all of the really cool moments that there were that I'm going to just keep in my fun Yu-Gi-Oh memories uh, forever, the series does fall off towards the end. If it had been a more complete story, it might have been my very favorite thing that we read this year. But it does start to fall off towards the end. Uh, so I have to recognize that and not put it at the very, very top. Yes. Uh, my number two is Catch These Hands. Uh, as I said, this was just a funny, 
enjoyable little romantic comedy. Uh, I enjoy the art in it. I like our lead character and her personality so much. Uh, it's a series I'm still reading today, and I'm enjoying it. It's 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 really fun. It's a sweet little series. Yeah, it's good for you. Read it. <laughs> yeah, it's like vitamins or some shit. Uh. My number two is Love Me For Who I Am. Uh, that, that was on my honorable mention. I don't think that this was the most fun series to read at times, but out of everything that we read this year, I feel like it's the one that has had the most. It's just like stuck with me in some of the stuff that happens, and especially some of the really dire stuff and also some of the really sincere stuff that happens between uh, the main couple. Um the uh you know the the male lead uh who is uh i think her name is, i think their name is Tom tamago I, I believe that's it uh their their boyfriend a lot of the stuff that he goes through in terms of trying to understand the people around him is is very nice and he has some really cool you know speeches where he tries to you know get people who are in uh, their part, his partner's life to understand them better and stuff. Uh, and you know, his relationship with his, his older sister, you know, get takes, you know, some steps forward in some very sweet and supportive ways. And it was just really, really nice to see, you know, a really good example of, uh, you know, tolerance and understanding, uh, be, be make it into manga like this. It was very, very nice. Yeah, uh, I I absolutely agree. I I think if it were a series that ran a little bit longer and gave us a little bit more, I think it would have made my top three. But as it was, I, I definitely want to hmm. like co-sign that. Uh, my number one though is Zom One Hundred Bucket List of the Dead, which right there with me. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I I will say in another year, I don't know if it would be number one. Like I did look at the list, I was like, was there anything I absolutely loved this year? And I was like, maybe not, but I do think of everything we read this year, this was the one I enjoyed the most. It is a series that is this weirdly kind of dark comedy, but much more of an emphasis on the comedy than the dark, but still tells like full stories of these characters in their lives and maintaining this sense of sort of optimism in a world where it doesn't sound like there should be any everyone's like no we're all just going to eventually die like that's this is like an event horizon we're not coming back from this but it's like yeah, let's enjoy our lives now all we can fuck uh, you know capitalism all the bullshit that went along with it yeah and they get into cool fights too it's weird there's there's a little bit of everything in this in this wacky series it's uh uh a bit like that uh what's oh god i've completely blanked on the name of the uh of that one video game franchise where there's like the mall full of zombies oh, that you fight through dead, kind of thing. no is it dead rising it might be dead rising or that might be the island one but it's something like that you know where there's like there's action there's a bit of silliness and it there's is, a lot of zombies. it is dead rising you had it right yeah I'm trying to remember now what the island one is. I'm like, did island? Is that it? Uh -huh. um, yeah, good stuff. The audience, uh, by the way, picked uh, catch me, uh, catch these hands, catch me outside. So I was about to call it catch these hands and Sandland tied for third best. Uh, Hitomi Chen is shy with strangers was second <laughs> with our audience, and then uh, Blue Box was the favorite. Yeah. 
okay, now's the real test. <laughs> okay, yes. Yeah. So we have we have plenty of things to talk about here. We're going to talk about the series this year, and I'm going to have Nick try to guess where they're all at. Before we get to that, though, Ninja wanted me to mention a couple things, a couple series that were dropped from the recap, Earthshot, which we're about to read, uh, Super Smartphone, Rory Dragon. Super, super Smartphone. When that title got brought up, I was like, oh, did that get did that get canceled? What happened to that? Like, I could, I could not remember if it had been canceled, if it was still running what like it's just been so far removed from my mind <laughs> uh it, it has been canceled in case you needed that that closure uh yeah. rory dragon uh tokyo demon bride story uh ichidose family's deadly sins ichigoki's under control and fabricant 100 those last three are pretty familiar to us because we just very very, very recent yeah uh and so outside of earth child and super smartphone which have been canceled and rory dragon which is on a leave of absence uh the rest of them are all currently still running in shonen jump yes uh and we'll see which uh which one of those takes off uh we also read a couple one shots uh goodbye airy a fujimoto one shot and another fujimoto one shot uh, that i think you talked about just listen to the song mm-hmm. um there is also a, a note from Ninja that there was one uh, the one week where I just reviewed a chapter of Jujutsu Kaisen uh while Nick was gone um I don't even remember what that chapter was about, but I applaud Pasquin for bringing it to the show uh, for everybody. Um, I think you talked about it like instead of the Elusive Samurai or something like probably. that. Probably. I was like, I don't remember all these names. I'm going to talk about Jujutsu Kaisen, a series with infinitely easier character names to remember. Yeah, there's a panda named Panda. Come on. Thank God. Um, <laughs> and then there are apparently two spin-off naruto series that are not boruto a sasuke story mm-hmm. and a konoha story i know i've heard been hearing about the sasuke story in which people are saying there's like actually good character development and like creates like an interesting relationship between him and sakura um so yeah go check those out i know those are available so you could you can read them yes. i think through manga plus or something like that um, uh, so, i mean i think they're both on uh on viz too oh okay so. there you go uh, but now for the actual discussion. So we're going to see how many Nick can get right. Um, not all of these are going to have exact dates. Some of these will have like differences and we'll explain them as we get to them. But we'll yeah. start with Akane Banashi, which you don't have to guess anything with Nick because Akane Banashi started this year. So yeah, it started in February. So if we go in the timeline, then, the, then in January, he shinta akana's father must have been preparing for that mm, test yes we, we have to assume so yeah akana so was... here we go one on the board for nick put it down <laughs> put it down now oh no uh, i need all the help i can get i think akana banashi uh has been one of the standout sort of surprises of this year everybody seems to really enjoy it everybody seems to really like akana a lot as a character I will say the series has started to roll a little bit more into routine as it's kind of followed into more of like a regular arc structure. Um, but it still definitely has high points and like generally leaves you exciting off of premises that might just be a character being like, what will you do now? And that's it. Like, and you're just like, I've never been so tense. Uh, through that, 
through the tournament that Akane won, I feel like every chapter was Canvas of, of Akane Banashi. Uh, there hasn't been a bad chapter since. It's just that it hasn't been quite so enthralling reliably every single week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's still quite good. Uh, out of the stuff that has been added to Shonen Jump this year, it is absolutely my favorite series. Uh, in terms of stuff that we've added to the recap, maybe number two to Blue Box. Oh, okay. Not to Aliens area, our next series, though. No. Uh, no. It started this year, unfortunately. <laughs> Rest in peace ended this year as well. Uh, revolution, predicted. A revolutionary series, Nick, about what if there were alien cops and like, yeah, sometimes they were bad at their job and then it just kind of ends. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's something like I've, I've already kind of like let this start to slide into the, the sands of my forgotten memories. But I, I have to stress that point. They were bad at their jobs and were, were were routinely called out on it towards the end and then did nothing to make up for the problems that they had. I, I think that, that is worth mentioning. Uh, the thing I'll always remember is that uh, it looked like we were about to get a fight, but then the assassin dude from the third chapter showed up and... Yep. That was just a chapter how it ended, and I was like, "Huh." And then the series ended like two chapters later. So, and uh, Tatsumi did basically nothing of worth at all. Yep. Despite being, despite being allegedly the protagonist. Allegedly, uh, but now, Mick, you do have to guess. Nick, where was Black Clover at the start of this year? So this is tricky, primarily because Black Clover took a relatively long uh break uh-huh. uh in the middle of this year i do know that the lucifero fight happened this year i don't know however if it started this year uh or if it was kind of a bit of a pulled over um but i think that it's right around there because i don't think that there was any significant fighting that happened in the arc prior to the Lucifero fight. So I'm going to give a rough guess of the series. The, the series began 2022 with Lucifero emerging. So you're saying it's him emerging or him starting like the starting the fight. The start of the fight with Lucifero. Okay. Yeah. You can add that one to the board. It was the start of the fight against Lucifero uh, there was a little bit of a conversation that went on between uh, Sabretooth and Lucifero. Uh, and I guess primarily the way the last chapter. Sabretooth again? Uh, <laughs> Leap, I think. Right, right. Liebe. Um But the most important thing was at the end of it, like Asta got fucked and then the rest of the captains stood up and like it was like, we're going to fight against you. Oh, no wonder I don't remember that because it involved the other captains. Okay. <laughs> uh, now... Blue Box is a special case where Blue Box has been running since the start of the year, but yes. we only added it into the recap like March or something like that, or like February, late February, something like that. Right. I can't tell you what happened in January. Okay. Can you? But I know for a fact that we started covering Blue Box right after Hina had confessed to Taiki. Yes. Do you remember the other big event that happened? 
uh, Chinatsu lost her basketball game. There you go. All right, knock that one on the board. Ding, Nick's crushing. So it. I, I, that one, I that one, I actually feel a bit proud of. Like to know I actually remember that one. <laughs> and there got me a bunch of them. Like, oh fuck, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> well, wait till we get to One Piece. I, I mean, oh, absolutely. Uh, now this is a uh, well. Actually, we should talk about Blue Box. I guess in a little bit more of a detail where yeah. Blue Box was good. We should have talked about Black Clover a little bit more as well, but. Maybe we can go back. Black Clover this year, uh, I don't think it would be fair for me to have any complaints about. Uh, yeah, I have liked it probably more than in any, any previous year we've talked about it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, there was, you know, uh, the conclusion to the entire Spade Kingdom stuff, which had its ups and downs. But this year, the fight with Lucifero, I mean, it was long, but it wasn't too long. Like, I've I've read... A year-long battle against just Eisen. That's a long fight against a final boss. And this one was just kind of like, you know, suitably long, where it felt like a big deal and stuff. And uh, it had a kind of satisfying conclusion. I wasn't nearly as high bad as some people were. And then we got this new arc, which I have liked more than any other part of uh, Black Clover. All this stuff involving uh, Luscious. Uh, <laughs> Master Luscious, yep. Master Luscious. Uh, which I feel like has been done uh, great things for Asta's character uh, and has introduced us to some characters that I actually do kind of like. Yeah, I think uh, the series did hit a stride definitely during the Spade Kingdom arc where we got like those second fights and everything like that. Really? You know what? I could credit a lot to Magma in that fight against Dante. He really he lifted you the, ball get the ball rolling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, I think Black Clover, it's not my favorite series to read, but it is no longer the series like I kind of dread reading or anything like that. I'm like, yeah, let's read this. Let's have fun, you know? Find, yeah. find a wacky name for this character. And then Blue Box, as I mentioned before, has just been like a genuinely sweet series to read. Um, it gets like kind of ups and downs where like some weeks there's not a ton to say. And another week you're just like, oh, my God, what do you think Ayame so is going to do? You know, like stuff yeah. like that. Um, yeah. It's been great to add a nice soap opera to our, to our repertoire. But uh, at least it's a good soap opera. <laughs> now, if you want to talk about bad soap opera, let's talk about oh. Boruto Naruto Next Generation's deck. Where was that at the beginning of this year? Okay, so this is tricky. So this is going to be a really weird way for me to kind of try and pinpoint it. So when you were code for Halloween 2022, <laughs> if I remember... 2021. There was... 2021, sorry. Uh, there That was in the midst of the fight between code, Naruto, Kawaki, Boruto, and Sasuke. Oh. Was Sasuke there? <laughs> I don't even remember anymore. I know, Maybe he wasn't. It was. I know God. Shikamaru was there. Shikamaru was there, just being like, <laughs> I'm worthless. I think this was the this ch the first chapter of 2022 was the one where Boruto died. <gasps> Nick, but he's the main character. They can't kill him. They can't kill Boruto. How could you do that? And then, of course, the next the next month is always fine because it, bullshit. Yeah, uh, you were right on the money with that one as well. Bor <laughs> Boruto died at the end of that chapter, quote unquote. Uh, the code was holding Shikamaru hostage, and uh, you know it was. Um, Maybe not everyone's favorite, uh, but you know, Code, <laughs> uh, everyone kind of loves uh, Boruto. Look, 
Uh, Boruto is like our hate baby. We enjoy yeah. dunking on it and like having fun with it. It is not a good series, though, and it has been no. particularly bad this year. See, this is the thing: is I need to have nothing on the line for me to actually do well at these games. <laughs> oh yeah, because <laughs> like you look at Boruto, you're like, there was that big fight. Then they had the they were in like the room talking with Shikamaru and Delta for a little bit. And then they went, uh, then they, then Code escaped and he got his limiters removed because they had captured Amato. He got his shit pushed in by Damon. Yeah. And then we've just been in the house for the rest of the year. So pretty much it's, it's not been like a, a, a thrilling year for Boruto, but no, not at all. It's, uh, it's been fun to dunk on. Yes. I, I have to admit, it it never and never lets us down in that regard. Yeah. So. Uh, Chainsaw Man returned this year, Nick. You don't have to guess what that. Uh, yeah. I think we can agree that Chainsaw Man has been fun. It's it's yeah. you know you get chapters where you're like I'm emotionally devastated by this, and then chapters where you're like oh, that was silly fun. Yeah. Uh, it's been great to have Asa in there, and uh, it's I, I feel like it's been nice to have a different protagonist than Denji because then if you're not following Denji, you get the same kind of dynamic, but it, with a different flavor when you have Asa going around doing stuff where she's got that same, like, you know, a sort of incompetence to her uh, so that silly stuff can happen, uh, but it's different. Uh, so it's, it's, it's been a nice, not change of pace, but you know, tweaking of the formula yeah and i am willing to let myself be uh endlessly let down as i build myself up to like denji and asa more and more as a, a group uh before the inevitable pain that will follow oh it's gonna be so horrible yeah, yeah. uh cypher academy nick uh just started last month or two months ago Mork. so morg 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 mm-hmm. morg. morg i concur that's the series it's it's been getting better so we'll see uh, it is. It's really weird. It's like, oh, it's a little bit better now. Nick, where was Doron Dororon at the start of this year? Our favorite series. So normally I would say, this is unfair bullshit. How can you expect <laughs> you remember anything about this? However, I do at least remember that there was barely Doron Dororon in 2021. Like we must have had like, four or five chapters before we, the year changed over. So I can at least say it must have been towards the beginning of all the stupid nonsense. And so the one plot relevant thing that I can remember happening is Ginchio kind of recruiting them. And I i don't know how to define what their relationship was, but it was kind of like she said that they would work under her. I, I is around that area. I, I, I think I can give it to you. It, it, it was sort of like the training arc that she took them on. Training arc. Okay. It was a single chapter, and then they I dealt with don't it. Even, I don't remember them. I don't remember any training they did. Like <laughs> I, I'll give it to you because you almost uh, accurately called it uh, exactly. It was chapter five was the start of 2022. So sweet. Uh you know, we loved Dororon. It was uh, excellent. The Dosen Saga will live with us forever. Um, but, you know. It is astonishing uh, to me although Ninja, that that Ninja, is the most memorable thing. Ninja has said here. no and has taken the point from you. 
Yeah, well, I guess then. <laughs> Fine. Uh, Ninja's like, fuck you. I'm sorry that I can't remember the chapter title. Uh, <laughs> it was probably like number five, 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 five or some shit like that. <laughs> Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, important thing. Uh, Nick, where was Dr. Stone at the start of this last year? It's really weird. Like, it feels like Dr. Stone's been over for longer than this. I forgot Dr. Stone was last year. I legitimately was like, nah, it must have been like 2021 or something like that. It feels like it's been done for a really long time. Um, so, I mean, obviously, if it ended in March, then they must have been, at some point in the final story arc uh because that was a, a sizable stretch the thing is like had they gotten to space yet um i'm gonna say that you know what fuck it. i'm gonna say that like uh, the first chapter of 2022 was them taking off to go to the moon yeah, more or less it was. It, it, it was them, like, completing the first rocket, uh, showing its launch, and then them essentially going up into space, and there's the moment where Senku gets, like, brought out first, and he, okay. and he gets to see space alone for a moment. Like, Zeno was like, I did it so you'd have this moment to yourself in, like, reverence to my friendship with uh, your father. Oh, I forgot about that moment. I forgot about everything in, in Doctor Stone. Like I remembered, I was like, "Oh yeah, Wyman was like a bunch of robots from space." Mm -hmm. uh, but, right. but like in general, I'm like, "Yeah, I forgot Doctor Stone was this year." Yeah, I mean, I remember that uh, Ryusui was not supposed to come on the mission, and then he came anyway. Yeah, it basically, so spun around. It was very silly. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't really know what to say about Dr. Stone. Like, I've forgotten so much of the end of it. I don't really know how to encapsulate it as a series at this point. Ninja gave you a half point. So, there it's you go. It's a harsh instructor. <laughs> Ninja will give no, no shits about your close guesses. <laughs> half point. You're narrowly off. Uh, Eden Zero, Nick. Where was Eden Zero at the start of this year? And with Hero's Pace... Where wasn't it? <laughs> Um, so bomb up the rectum did not happen this year. Like that's, or that's, did it? <laughs> I don't think it did because it what it, it didn't show up in the what the fuck moment poll. Okay, like that that like that would have right. Mm -hmm. I think it probably won previous years. So it must have been either after that within the arc or even past the arc entirely, which makes me think that, okay, so the time skip I think happened this year before we had another time okay, skip, yeah, yeah. you know, with the parallel. Well, universe yeah, it's a different shit. universe. Who knows where it is really anymore? Right. I guess they untime skipped themselves or re-time skipped it. I don't know. You know what? That's as good a landmark for me as any. I'm going to say that the, ta that the time skip happened in, in that chapter. Uh, no, this was after the time skip. Uh, okay. This was that weird chapter where they're like, we have to team up with Elsie. We have to go back to the guild. And then they get back to the guild and then they're surrounded. And they're like, time to battle our way back to our ship. And it didn't really amount to anything. Uh, and then this is like in a lead up to them. 
they hadn't yet gone like they just got connor they hadn't yet gone to like the uh, little fucking resort planet or whatever where they where they meet holy feather this is where they yeah the the resort is where they met uh holy feather is the one who encounters them on that planet because she can see everything nick and she knows they're right. They all have to fight their way out, but like it's like one chapter of everybody being like, boom. So, so they had met Holy and were, were going around with her. Before. No, this, 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 as I said, Holy, they hadn't yet gotten to, like after this, they go to the resort plan and that's where they meet Holy. Okay, okay. They were always. Gonna, I was gonna say. I, I was gonna say is like they spent a whole year with Holy. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> they spent most of it because I think that's only like two or three chapters later. Is well. well I guess it's like four or five chapters where they finally actually like get her to work with them. Mm-hmm. But she's actually secretly working against them. And her plan was just to seduce Seeky and then I like, guess melt his dick off, uh, which, you know, that's a strategy. Um, some people. What a, re- what a weird reveal that was. <laughs> uh, Eden Zero was awful this year. Um, there was just an inordinate number of bad twists. Uh, the entire. Uh, Lendard arc was uh, excessively full of just twists and turns, so much so they constantly overwrit themselves. Like, you'd forget what the big twists were by the end because you were like, seven other gigantic things have supposedly happened. Pretty much. And then you got to the end and you're like, I didn't give a shit about any of this. Like, all this sucked. So, you know, and now we time skipped backwards. Uh, I believe there is news out that Hero is going to start work on a monthly series, so maybe Eden Zero will be wrapping up soon, and he'll be on a different pace or something like that. All right. Um. Yeah. So, Nick, Kaiju number eight. Where was that? This one is hard. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Like I've got like no landmark for this one. It's really weird. Like I've just got no sense of the time scale of what has happened in this series. Um, I know obviously certain things that happened like, um, uh, you know, I mean, obviously the big thing has been Kaiju number 10 and Hoshina in terms of what we have enjoyed about this series, but God, like, <sighs> All the stuff with Ichikawa also happened this year. Kikoru got her suit upgrade thing too. But those all, I feel like, happened midway through the year or after. Um, so in terms of like the months prior to that, I don't know. Was there the the, the was this during the fight where uh, like number ten and all the flyers had were attacking the base? Was that still going on, or were we past that point? I think that that's where I'm going to guess. Uh, no, we were far past that point. Uh, exactly. Like I, I fully admit, like I just yeah, oh, do not have a time scale sense. Of again, this. if I were you, I would have zero idea as well. No, they actually were past the mission after that. Uh, the start of this year started with the you know, funeral for Asao, essentially. Like nine had come back taken See, over i thought body. i thought he had died i thought he had died this year like <laughs> yeah no he apparently died very late last year uh and then started this year was him was his funeral well i guess not died taken over i don't know maybe there's a part of it right he know. technically died this year yeah. i guess based on what we saw but yeah uh but yeah uh i think kaiju number eight has been 
not amazing this year not like at that same quality at the start where like every chapter kaiju number eight is like a fucking awesome series but like really good at certain points like really great character moments for like reno uh hoshina uh finally maybe starting to get uh asano involved or ashido ashino i always forget which one's the fucking my hero girl and then which one's the one from uh uh kaiju uh anyway uh childhood friend captain um like it sounds like these characters are all getting you know kikoru like they're getting some level of like character development which is pretty good yeah it's uh it has been up and down certainly uh this year uh but i think that where it is shined has been in terms of elevating some of those side characters a bit while kafka has kind of not really faded into the background but you know kind of just taken a little bit of a back seat uh while he kind of like gets his shit sorted out yeah uh an important question on nick where was magu chan god of destruction this year at the start last year so i remember uh us having a conversation while this was going on is this series going to end soon because <laughs> we weren't because either i was in denial or we just weren't really sure uh because it was seeming to take story beats that indicated that it was going to end which would mean that we would have if because the series ended in february magachan's story arcs tended to be short we probably had like just started that final arc with uh yupi susu mm. uh where ruru was uh you know like trying to figure out what she wanted to do with her with her life uh once she kind of started to grow up and stuff yeah uh yeah essentially that's kind of where we were at uh it was the time loop that everybody kind of got stuck in uh the gods realized that something was up and then it's revealed that the second pillar is the one causing it to happen so there you go ninja gave you a full point see the gods are kind yeah well, I, I got it even though I couldn't remember what happened on panel four of page three. Come on. <laughs> uh, and our, our beloved son was there. so Yeah, he was. Oh, I love him. Uh, yeah. Ma- and he got his restaurant in the end. <laughs> he did. I love that. Uh, Mangu-chan was excellent. It was a fantastic series that I will treasure forever had a very emotional send-off it was a very nice conclusion to the yes. series and then we got to have a, a little bonus thing with it which uh you know i feel like ship teased ren and ruru the right amount whereas like you still don't know if they're together or not and that's kind of how i feel like it should always be mm-hmm. it's like no never find out if they get together because that's not the point <laughs> uh and then nick where was martial magic and muscles at the start of last year this one did surprise me yeah was this oh god so i'm trying to remember was this like I guess like after the tournament had fallen apart and like, uh, what's it was his name. Now I've forgotten the main villain's name. He hasn't been around for a while. <laughs> uh, Levis. 
No, 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 zero. Oh, innocent uh, zero. Innocent zero. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I think that it's a that this would have been past the point he had like interrupted the tournament and broken it up. Um, and there was the fight in that regard. I think. Because I don't think the actual tournament fighting happened this year. Although, God, with Nationals pacing, I don't know. Um, so I think that... Now I'm trying to remember all the shit that happened there. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's after that because the weird baby wizard person who showed up, that wasn't this year. That was the year before. Baby So. Or Sitter Baby? Sitter Baby, yeah, yeah. That wasn't this past year. That was the year before. So that must have been... So it had to be after the tournament got interrupted. What has happened in between then and now? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so much shit. Because there's been so many... There's just been so much fighting. Like, <laughs> Yeah, Ninja already like adding the uh, 4.5 out of 8 <laughs> score. <laughs> Point one four one five nine six seven two three. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I I need to answer. Um, I'm going to guess that it is when um, God, I've forgotten so many names in this goddamn series. What was the uh, who was the what was the name of the water guy? Levis. That was Levis. Mm -hmm. Okay, I think that it was oh, wait, when he like revealed his thirds i guess technically uh was his thirds already around when 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 the year started or no, well it was sort of like the end of that fight uh which is where the year end and that's when levis revealed he had like a third line of like more power so it's not exactly because I think he did reveal his thirds before that. But this was like the end of that fight had like a little backstory and then uh, MASH wins, essentially. And then after that is when Innocent Zero shows up and everything like that. OK, so it was the end of that fight. And then, OK, so Innocent Zero does show up. Yeah, right. you were thinking when you thought Innocent Zero showing up, you were thinking of the previous the other time, the other, <laughs> the other tournament where he showed up. <laughs> Uh, no marks for that one. No, <laughs> Ninja gave you none. Ninja said, "Fuck you!" How dare you get the wrong phase of the fight? Oh Mitch. wait, Levis is the magnetism guy. Someone, all right, then I don't know where because uh, I was. Like, I said the water guy. Yeah, well, I'll have you know. you're still wrong because this is the end of the Levis fight. Okay, well, okay, in that case, fine. Well, then, all right, it just says the end of Mash versus Levis, so I think Ninja may have to deduct a point from themselves for putting Levis' fate <laughs> there then. Wait, Mash was fighting the magnetism guy. Yeah, uh, that, uh, that because he did like. Oh, so we didn't. We hadn't even gotten to the water guy then. Never mind. Take a point from me then. Okay, Ninja gets fine. a point. Uh, Nick gets zero points. No wonder I can't remember Domino. this stuff. Mash fights too many people. <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, yeah, Mash had a lot of stuff go on this year, and a lot of it was generally very good. We got some pretty cool stuff at the start of the year. At that, I thought that arc ended well as like a dramatic way to build up like Mash's first sibling, uh, and then we fought 
the rest of them and the rest of them were like kind of cool like i i think like some of them were a little bit more memorable than others like famine is a fight that'll kind of go down as being like the whatever one because you were like i don't know it was famine against racist harry potter like i really didn't have a dog in that fight <laughs> uh right more racist harry potter more overtly yeah, yeah, racist yeah. harry potter um but i i think there were some pretty good stuff in the series um it did just we have gone through like a month and a half straight of people fighting doom yes maybe even longer than that to be honest because i think every person who showed up basically to like enter like it was first doom and uh i forget who made it through first was it the rain siblings or something like that? And then I it was, remember. and then it was like Harry Potter guy showed up and then it was like Ryu Grant showed up and, or no, I think it was Dot and Dot and uh, Finn or Dot and, um, oh God, gravity guy, whose name I'm forgetting Lance. They showed up first, then like Finn and rain, then order. And I don't think each of them got their own chapters, but I know like Ryu Grant was like three chapters in and of themselves. And then we've had already, two straight chapters of just mash fighting the doom so it's been a bit yep my hero nick where was my hero at the start of this so year? here's the thing i don't remember what happened <laughs> but what i can tell you okay. is that when we were talking about this at the beginning of the year i specifically went there is no way I'm going to remember what happened. <laughs> I'm reading this description and I feel like you could just take the L on this because there is, I, I don't even know how you would define this as a moment. <laughs> I can tell you roughly where in the story it does happen. Uh, but I can also tell you that what happens in the chapter doesn't really have anything to do with what's going on in the main storyline because it's kind of in a down period after we've had like the reveal of Aoyama and stuff and before Deku decides to not take a bath for a long time and go out on his own and be grimdark. You said it was before uh, that? Stinky Deku stuff was before the Aoyama thing. Was it? Yes. What uh, the hell happened after it? Was it literally just they did this pl the plan to get it was God. Sticky Deku is way too, way too broad. <laughs> it's way too time. iconic. I can't see. I can't, it's yeah. It's some of the best stuff that we've that happened. I guess in the past two years of my Hero Academia. God. Um, yeah, I just remember that it was after they had discovered all the stuff with Aoyama, and before they started enacting their big plans of stuff. Uh, that there was some Nin unimportant Nin stuff. Ninja that is throwing you a lifeline. Which UA student has focus in the chapter? I'm not going to know that. Okay. Well, it's easier. I, I, I'm going to tell you right now, it is easier to guess that than it is to try to guess what happened in this chapter. Just name a student. Replica Rabbit said boobs. <laughs> Which. If we're talking about thirst traps in My Hero Academia, that's probably Hatsume. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, you are correct. It is, it is a chapter about Hatsume. 
I don't remember what her involvement in the chapter is. I just rem- I, I, I can't tell you that. Okay. Uh, well, I'll leave it to Ninja to decide how uh, he wants to grade that one. Uh, you are correct, though. It was, it was basically like Deku and Ida went to her to try to get them to repair their shit. And then, like, I believe they had, like, oh, yeah, Ida went to go talk about yeah. stuff. Yeah. So you get something from that. Ninja gave you a full point. So. Because <laughs> I guess when prompted full <laughs> point. <laughs> I mean, you admitted you looked in the chat and saw like extra context clues, um, but yeah, you did. I I I didn't know where we were at the start of the year, and I have trouble telling you. Like, I know we've been in this big war arc, and then I also I have to sit there and I'm like, I know was Stars and Stripes this year? Was that last year? Oh, is that the thing that happened this year? Did that happen this year? I know that happened shortly before the big war arc really started, but I'm like, was it that recent or was it last year? No, I think. Hmm. God, I'm not even going to bother trying to guess. Yeah. Okay. So I, I can't make sense of this timeline. Last like, year, it's, All right. like it's just been a bunch of fighting. <laughs> um, how have you enjoyed this uh, the past year, my hero Nick? I've liked bits and pieces. It's been really rough as someone who has gotten so invested in the story uh, to see a lot of the choices that have been made. Um, Like a lot of big moments that the series attempted to have this year really didn't leave a good taste. Like all the stuff involving Spinner, like just felt kind of not great. Um, The stuff where like Dobby was down because of Shoto's cool new move and then he wasn't and this this one of the main villains in the series just like was doing nothing for a while until she got teleported to be next to everyone so it's like well what happened in her fight nothing uh you know just a, a lot of choices that I'm not really happy with and um at least we got a cool jiro moment yeah there you go always have that nick i think this one may have you even beat in regards to my hero where was one piece at the start of this year now, One Piece at the start of... Here's the thing. One Piece at the start of last year was, like, the easy one. It was chapter 1000. It should have been easy. <laughs> it should have been a slam dunk. Uh, and I completely biffed it. <laughs> here's the thing. So Ninja has sent me the description of what happens in the chapter. There's, <laughs> like, seven bullet points. And none of them have anything to do with each other. So well, yeah, because it was a one of <laughs> So I'll... I, I, look, Ninja can gauge how Ninja would like to. But I would say there was a major fight going on that was not Raizu versus Earlobe guy. If you could tell me which fight was going on this year at the start of this year, I, I will I will uh, give you some credit. Well, fuck, because even like even in the in same in terms thing, of what got focus in the chapter. Well, because I, mean, I can't even say that because there are two big fights happening at the same time that get focused I, on. I get the sense that some stuff happened involving like Big Mom and Law and Kid, 
but I don't remember what phase of the fight it was. Um, and then like, there's all the, you know, kind of like slightly less important fights that involve the straw hats. And I don't know what order they played out in. Um, I, uh, I'll say this. I uh, like... Okay. How about this? A fight is declared over in this chapter. Was it Sanji versus Queen? It was not. It was King and Zolo's fight ended. I thought that happened a little bit later, so I wouldn't have gotten Well, you have to remember the hierarchy of the Straw Hats, Nick. Sanji, then Zoro, then then was the Big Mom, because that's a fight even above that. And then and then finally we got right. So my my time scale was placing things a little bit too early yeah. here. Yeah, it, it also has Yamato breaks through the armory doors. Uh, Sanj or Usopp berates Kinemon and Kiku for the samurai suicidal tendencies. Izu lets them escape. Raiju's fight. Uh, Arizo's fight is still going on. Apu does a thing, and then Luffy and Kylo are are uh, are yeah. Kaido are still fighting each other. <laughs> Kylo Ren. Kylo, that'd be pretty crazy. Uh, yes, I think I unfortunately did say Zolo Join the accidentally. Join the dark side, Luffy. Luffy, we are connected. <laughs> Luffy, I'm gonna to take my shirt dark. off. Join the dark side. <laughs> Aren't you cold? <laughs> no, look how fucking stacked I am. I'm fine. <laughs> Uh, One Piece, I think, was overall good this year. It was a lot, but this was like, how do I describe it? I don't just rely on a cum joke. This was, fuck it, this was like the tantric sex is finally over and you got to cum. You were like, this is very satisfying. I wish it hadn't taken four years. (laughs) I feel like that was edging us for too long. We got some very cool moments. <laughs> Gear five. <laughs> Great stuff. Uh, but next time, please, uh, a little sooner. Uh, no notes, no comments. Uh, what, what you said. Thank uh, you. That, uh... <laughs> um, all right, let's move on, Nick, to PPP, PPP, PPP. And it wouldn't be PPP, PPP, PPP if I didn't have a wrestler for you to guess. Oh, God damn it. You caught me off guard with this one. I caught you off guard, but you have a minute to guess a wrestler, Nick. I think Okay, I... let me get my let me get my stopwatch ready. All right, you ready? Uh I've st- I haven't reset from last week. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> All right, and go. Alright, are they active? Uh no. Okay, are they alive? Yes. Are they a Hall of Famer? Yes. In WWE. Okay. Uh did they uh are they retired? Or are yes. they just enacted? Re- retired, retired, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Did they retire in the last 10 years? Yes. Okay. Uh, have they won a world championship in WWE? Yes. Okay. Uh, was it specifically the WWE championship? Yes. Okay. Uh, are they like a multi-time world champion? Yes. Okay. Um, were they active during the Attitude Era? No. No. Uh, did they start wrestling after 2005? Uh, yes, I believe so, but I'll double check real quick. Probably. Okay, but they were world champion. No, before 2005. Okay, was it after 2000 period? Yes. Okay, they started after 2000. Uh, they were WWE champion. Okay. Um, can't be. Okay. All right. Okay. 
I'm trying to think of actually retired people who started after that point. Because if they're actually retired and they can't be like punk. Uh, who the fuck is one is this? I'm trying as hard as fast as I can to like go through the entire lineage in my brain. It'll be it'll be curious to see the numbers after this. Like, does Nick get more right, or or like, how does the winning this game or not decide yeah. his focus or the rest of this? Uh, yeah, this is going to torment me. Um. I don't like the answer I'm going to give, but I, I feel like if I just like sit here and go through it, then it's, that it's not in the spirit of the game. So I'm going to guess fucking Del Rio. Alberto Del Rio. It is, it is not Del Rio. Um, I will say this. Let me, let me pull back. I'm not a hundred percent positive. He's in the hall of fame. So if we take that out, does that change? Oh, you don't know if they're in the hall of fame. I'm not, I thought they were, but I'm not now I'm not seeing it listed on there accomplishment so maybe they weren't so something would be right and del rio wouldn't be in the hall of fame so i completely oh is it batista it is batista oh I, my for some God. reason i was like wasn't evolution added to the hall of fame uh as well, like batista, a unit batista officially yeah he officially retired like a couple years ago no, I don't think Evolution's in the Hall of Fame. No. Okay. I, for some reason, I thought all three of them, or all four of them, had added in as a group. No. Um, you know, that'd just be, like, another reason for Triple H and Ric Flair to get to be like, I'm here no, again! No, he was! He, he is in the Hall of Fame. Batista, I think, was individually put in. Okay. There you go. Yeah. There you go. So... Batista. For some reason, I was like going in my head, and there was just like this big jump that I was doing from like 2004 to 2010. I like it's like nothing happened there. I, I would like if Ninja gives you a half point because he's like, well, you guessed El Rio first, and he wasn't even in the Hall of Fame. So. Yeah, I, yeah. Suddenly, Ninja's big. <laughs> but now, with that momentum, Nick, can you tell right, me where PPPPP was at the start? Uh, well, this is another one where it well, came into the magazine after. There were chapters running before we added it to the recap. Right. But like um, one. So I Yeah, yeah. Not a lot not a lot. Uh so we we had completely skipped over or I had completely skipped over all the Rajiro stuff. So if you want me to guess what happened in January, something in there. Uh but in terms of when we started, it was like right basically at the start of the of the uh Mimin arc, I think. Uh, I don't know how that chapter like kicks off, but I believe it's right at the start of that saga where it's leading up to the you know competition involving her and Maloli, uh, and uh, and Furusu was still playing piano at that point. Yeah, um, I'm gonna rely on Ninja to decide on that one. I don't think it's exactly where it is. I think Mamin's full introduction was a little bit earlier. Uh, oh, he gave you full point. So I guess you got it exactly on the head. Um, it, it was sort of like the start of that. But it sounds like, I guess in the same chapter as Mamin is with the rest of the family, she then at the end of the chapter meets up with Lucky. For some reason, I thought there'd be like a break of a chapter before they do that. Because that just seems like how you would have to structure it. Um, but Keeping yeah. firm time structures in a series as weird and trippy as PPPPPP is already challenging enough. Yeah. So... <laughs> 
That's true. Um, so how have you felt about PPPPPPPP this year? Pleasantly surprised. Okay. Uh, I thought it was going to just be kind of weird garbage. Uh, and instead, it has been occasionally garbage, but mostly just like different from anything else that we read consistently uh, and in a good way, where it's just like a lot of imagery uh, that kind of overwhelms you uh, while a lot of really, really hard and depressing themes get uh, explored uh, with very little dialogue or at least very little direct dialogue usually. Yeah. Um, I would say PPPP has been good. It is a very weird series. It has one of the more sort of adult and complex character development of any series I think we've really read. Probably anything that's like a shonen series um, where you really just kind of have to sit and dwell on some characters and their actions and the speeches they give and the symbolism. Uh, it's good. It it It's an odd series to sometimes recap. Uh, I don't know if we're, we're far for the days where you and I just joke about the one dude having like a three-step plan where step one and two were part of the same step. Um, <laughs> but there's still good stuff as well. Uh, it's just maybe not as uh, riffable as it used to be because it's sort of just like, Nick, you want to riff on this kid who's talking about uh, how existentialism is ruining his life, but he's found meaning in his own death. I don't know. At one point we, in our lives, we were able to riff on uh, Grave of the Fireflies. Uh, but <laughs> but like... that was the joke, is that we, <laughs> we were doing a movie commentary of Grave of the Fireflies during comedy month, and we just used it to talk about, like, N64 <laughs> Anything <games>. else. <laughs> um, we're going to speed this up a little bit. Spy Family, Nick. Yeah. Where was Spy Family at the start of last year? Uh, I'm drawing a blank on this one. Um, I kind of have a hard time keeping track of what order things happen in Spy Family because its structure tends to be very episodic and mm -hmm. kind of loose. Uh, so I don't know. I, um, if I had to hazard a goddamn guess, I would have to say that maybe we were at some point in the cruise, uh, where we got a bunch of your focus, uh, but where in that we were, I don't know. So that's probably too vague to get really any sensible credit for. It, it's because fine. that was a fairly sizable arc. It is fine. You were in the wrong arc completely. We were in the arc where Lloyd and Bond are like going on a walk and Bond just keeps seeing like the building on fire and everything like that. And is like, I got to go save everybody. And Lloyd's like, what the fuck? Oh, good for the good for Bond. Yeah, it was a good time. It ended up very happy. Okay. Uh, Spy Family has been good this year. Um, yeah. but it's, it, it, as you've mentioned, there's a lot of like stuff going on all over the place and it's hard to like remember. Cause I'm like, was the cruise this year? Was that last year? It's tough for me to like place where things are in, in Spy Family a lot of times, except for what I'm currently yeah. in. Yep. Uh, uh, we'll, I will say a lot of Spy Family reading now, uh, now gives me the bonus of, I can't wait to see this in the anime because the anime is really damn good. Excellent. And I highly recommend it. Glad to hear it. Elusive Samurai, Nick, where was that at the start of this year or last year? Uh, 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 so they infiltrated Kyo this year. I know that. Um, what happened before that? That is the question. And how long before that are we talking? Um, so, like, I don't really know this uh i'm going to just say even if this is wrong 
that this is going to be when we were introduced to Tokyuki's cowardly uncle whose intentions appear on his forehead. I, uh, I, I don't know. Now, the main thing was the shitty little kid that Tokyuki had to like. Oh, right. That guy. Deal with for a little bit and did like a game of it. So that's where it's been. Uh, Elusive Samurai has had a, a strange year where I feel like a lot of it has been forgettable or just kind of like exhausting. There are like good bits here and there. And I think it got a little bit better towards the end of the year when it started giving more focus on like the side cast and like having one on one fights and like doing stuff like that that like kind of like kept things like intriguing and moving forward. Um, but I don't know if it's, it, this hasn't been, I think the best year for Lucy Samuel, which is a weird thing to say. It's only two years old. It's, it's, it's second year. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's had its moments, uh, but I definitely liked the series more when the stakes felt lower. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, that's, but that's, uh, because I don't really care much for all these big battle scenes we keep getting, you know, having them occasionally, uh, and especially when they kind of like broke down to more individual fights was fine. But I liked a lot more of there being like an elusive samurai, you know, there was more running away stuff and having direct confrontations kind of waters down that thing that kind of put, sets it apart. It makes it kind of like lose its uh, identity, I feel like. Yes. Also, a lot of the side characters haven't gotten to do anything recently. So. Well, not recently. Recently, they have. We've gotten like little arcs for what Kojiro, I guess Ayako and the Priestess Girl. Ayako, Ayako, she's could have like done nothing this year. It yeah. feels like. Well, Ayako power bombed that guy off his horse. That uh, is we, true. We can't forget that. All right, Nick. This is an important thing. If you you need to get this right to stay at least at fifty percent. Um, if you get more than that, then you'd have a winning record. Uh, you're at seven to fourteen right now with two series left. So, Undead Unluck, Nick. Where was Undead Unluck this year? So this would be very, very difficult because I have hard time keeping track of Undead Unluck's pacing. But fortunately, there was an actually noteworthy thing that happens uh, at the start of last year, which was the end of the fight contest with spring which made everyone all sad and stuff yeah I, i'll give it to you for that that's uh pretty much where it is andy is like hey everybody let's have a cherry blossom festival uh, festival as we all turn into fucking trees and shit like that mm-hmm. fuko and spring finish their game uh spring loses starts to fade away apologizes to a shin the shin's like no our family has always respected spring we've always kept that character and our, our true name and then Spring gives a, a, a recital as it, it it fades away. And I, I was reading that as before we guessed to it, and I had to hide that I was getting a little yeah. emotional. And I was like, <laughs> I love this moment. Um, it is not a secret. Yo, what if one of the things that Fuko sets right is Spring getting to hang out with everyone? I want it to be. I want <laughs> I want it to be like how Chainsaw Man deals with ch- uh, like devils or like fiends and like devil hunters where like sometimes they just date. And, like, we just see Spring dating somebody and, like, happy. And you're just like, thank God. <laughs> Actually, now that, I've, now that I've mentioned that, it feels like it kind of has to happen. Like, because Fuko's, yeah, Fuko's been trying to, you know, like, get everyone to have their happy ending and stuff. And Fuko knows that Spring just wanted to, like, make goddamn friends. Yeah. And Spring couldn't have friends. So. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I don't think it's a secret to anyone. Undead Unlock has been phenomenal this year to me. I've loved Absolutely. it so much. Uh, in particular, like the last half of the year has been like banger after banger after banger from this series. After and banger. After banger. And the start of this year was great too. Like, uh, yeah, we'll get into it later, but like Undead Unlock yeah. was really, really good this year. Yes. Nick, can you get a winning record if you could tell me where world trigger was at the start of this year and you can't just say the second the exam. Same <laughs> oh dang i thought this was gonna be a gimme um i'm going to just like i this is also really hard because there were so many months where we didn't have world trigger unfortunately um i can only speculate on this in terms of being specific and say that maybe this was during the period where Katori was depressed and upset because of how the games were going okay. and she needed to be motivated uh, with no. the promise of scruffy hottie uh no you lost uh that was like uh like three or four chapters ago it was like they, they yeah but that could have been january <laughs> that is you're not wrong uh that was basically uh where we were at the start of the year was like they got handed the second special assignment that they had to do and Oh no, like, what's gonna happen? (laughs) What was the second special assignment? Like, come on. It was. Losing my mind with this pacing. Good. We're gonna get two chapters uh, soon, so that's gonna be. Hold on, hold on a second. I wanna point out there was no January chapter for Trigger. The first chapter of the year, sorry. First chapter, yeah. You got 50%. That's the important thing. And Ninja hasn't even put his number in yet. So you may, maybe he gave you like a half point or something. Like, I don't know why he wouldn't get it. Just, like, to, just <laughs> to tip me over into the upper half. Here's the thing. You know, uh, Lance Storm would make a thing out of predicting WrestleManias. And 50% was the highest he ever hit. So that's pretty good. That's WrestleManias, does he not know anything about storytelling? Like, come on. Like, I, like I feel like that he did it in the age where there'd be like fucking four way, like three four way tag team title matches. And you're like, I oh, have okay. no idea. Like, that shit throws you off. Is this even a match? Like, what's going on? You know? Um, all right. Fair enough. With that, we need to move on. And then we're also going to wrap up soon. But I say wrap up. This could go on for 30 minutes. We're going to do the Superlative Awards. Nick. This is Yay. where we go and discuss the best of the best from this year. All the cool stuff. All the best moments right here, starting with Best Hero. Now, if you're listening to this and you're like, well, how are these things determined? Uh, you've missed your opportunity to have a say in it. But every year mm-hmm. throughout the year, Ninja X3i and the members of our Discord keep track by nominating people and moments as they happen. And then towards the end of the year, Ninja runs a series of runoff polls, gets everybody's opinions, adds it in, puts it in the list. There's eight people selected. And then you and I have the ability to go beyond that mm-hmm. and choose like a wild card as like our our, our you know option, essentially. Um, so for example, the first category is the best hero of the year and the nominees, this is where I feel like I, I wish I had like my sequence on, you know, like I want to like have a like a little, um, the nominees, <laughs> yeah, the nominees for best hero are Ruru from Magu-chan, God of Destruction, that's going to take Aww. too long, uh, Akane from Akane Banashi, Luffy from One Piece, Asa from Chainsaw Man, Fuko from Undead Unlock, Lucky 
from PPPPPP, Taiki from Blue Box, and Luna from Ginka and Luna. There are some good choices in there. Mm-hmm. It's got to be Fuko. It's got to be like, Fuko. It can't, like, it can't not be Fuko after this year. It is wild to me because she was absent for half this year. She was dead. She was a yeah, ghost. Yeah, she was dead. She was gone. <laughs> she was a fucking ghost, and then her soul got captured. Um, and yet still, she's far and away just the most entertaining and engaging character this year. She's been so fucking cool to follow. Yeah, and I guess even while she was dead, you know, there was like, she was a big part of the series <gasps> still in terms of, you know, what, the uh, you know, what? Uh, Kirby brought up a great point. Ginka and Luna got skipped in our recap. That means Ninja forgot Ginka and Luna. Hold on, I have to check real My quick to make God. sure I didn't forget it. Uh, no, Ninja forgot it. Just like they forgot Magu Chan all those years ago. So that's right. Yeah, and I can tell you to break the tie. What was happening in the first chapter of Uh There was a little girl in the snow, and she wanted to know magic. <laughs> you got it, nigga. Nick, it's over fifty percent. Um, uh, what's that? No complaints. No complaints. All right, done. I win. <laughs> Um, the audience, by the way, picked Fuko as their character, so everybody agreed. I think everybody really loved Fuko. Um, I'd have to, at some point, go back and actually check. I don't know if Ninja actually keeps the statistics of it, but I feel like Fuko has to be at least my most like nominated character of the week. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I, I picked her so freaking frequently. Um, Absolutely. Best new character, Nick, we have Mamind from PvPvP, Akane from Akane Banashi, Ayame from Blue Box, Yoru, aka the War Devil from Chainsaw Man, Ishao Arakawa from Akane Banashi, Sorachika from PPPP, Karen from Blue Box, uh, and Achika from Black Clover. That's crazy to think if Karen got introduced this year. Huh. <laughs> uh, mine is like, look, these are all good choices for different reasons. Uh, I would have to say that if I. kind of glaring by her absence despite the inclusion of yoru is asa i think that i would have to put that down as my wild card and say like she definitely deserves to be on there yeah Uh, not not even nominated by the way because like we could see everything that got like nominated didn't get mm -hmm. picked um but yeah continue yeah so i i have to say it would have to be that she should at least be mentioned uh my, my my favorite new character is akane though uh i think that you know Akane Banashi is a fantastic series and she is a big part of it uh and you know she she takes such a prominent role in the series because like almost everything is through her point of view uh and she's a great character to follow yes uh I will take your uh wild card though and I'm gonna say Asa I think Akane has been fantastic but I really really have come to like Asa it is a weird moment to be like hey this is the second part of a highly beloved series and it's like brand new character brand new character brand new environment brand new dynamic and to make her just like to not constantly like i know we did at the start to be like where's chainsaw man but like now i'm just as eager to read about asa as i am to read yeah. about uh you know denji himself so yeah uh, a lot of cool stuff there yeah i feel like she is you know as important as Denji is to the overall story where it is right now, 
uh, not just because she's the focus right now, but it feels like going forward, she could be just as big a focus of the series. Uh, she feels like a strong enough character that can do that. Uh, and right now I'm definitely more invested in what happens with her than I am with Denji because Denji we know is just kind of like going to be okay no matter what, because he's made of chainsaws and can destroy <laughs> anything that comes across him. Asa, it feels like, you know, anything could happen with her. She could lose stuff that's important to her. She might get killed by Denji later yeah. on. And there's there's a lot of stuff that could happen to her. And I'm very invested in what happens. Yeah. And I think she's had some pretty good, like, evolution of her character from, like, when she's first introduced. Also, like, a female character where, like, her being clumsy is not meant to be, like, a cute character trait. Like, everyone, like, no. she's very clear. She's like. So many it's a source great, of misery. So yeah. much trauma has happened to me because I keep slipping at these moments. Yeah. Um, best new technique or power. I'm going to list these all up, but there is one correct answer, obviously. Uh, Mash is full muscle magic. Uh, unlimited physical mode. Mash, uh, unlimited biceps magic. Punt squared. Uh, Andy's dead quartet. Uh, there is Luffy's gear five. Elusive strategy. Flaming holy pillar, a.k.a. when Tokiyuki and his army ride flaming logs down a hill. Uh, Yoru slash the war devil's ability to turn people and objects into weapons. Uh, Hoshina's number 10 suit, complete with the attitude and tail. And then Fuko's uh, basically like misfortune mountain strike that she used against Fang. Yeah, very recent entry there. Yeah. Uh, I feel like if we had gotten to see more of uh, Yoru's ability, that this might have stood a chance. Kind of has to be Gear 5. It's got to be Gear 5. Gear, it's 5, be gear 5 was 5. absolutely incredible. Um, it was such an awesome moment. Um, and really, I, I just I love how it it's so wacky and so iconically One Piece. Uh, the it, it makes me feel about Luffy's transformations the way I wish I had felt against like any of Gear Four stuff. Like I loved Gear Two and Gear Three, and then Gear Four was kind of just like a whatever thing. Gear Five so freaking cool. Um, the audience agreed. By the way, I forgot the audience picked Akane as their character, new character of the year. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we have best speech now. Uh, we have Roru's, Roru's speech to Yupipusu. Uh, I, I'm, I fucked up that name. I'm sorry. Yupisusu? Yes. Okay. Uh, Big Mom's lament as she is defeated. Uh, Yamato's speech to Mamanosuke about let's face the death together. Uh, this is what it means to lose a war, which is Kaido's speech after he beat Luffy. Uh, the ignorance isn't bliss. Ignorance is a weakness. Ignorance is a sin. Uh, Lloyd's lament about not knowing enough from Spy Family. Uh, Billy verbally destroying Ruin to make him hate him and thus take on Ruin from Undead Unluck. Uh, Very cool. Hina's eternal monologue on the roller coaster of emotions for her feelings from Taiki for Chinatsu and Blue Box and a show's reason for expelling Shinta from Akane Banashi. There yeah, were a lot. There's, there's a, so there many. There were. There were some cool lines that got said this year. There were. Uh, I don't have any extra things to nominate uh, for this because I'm just kind of like bad at remembering individual big, cool speeches. Uh, but I definitely have a very strong attachment to the stuff that was happening towards the end of Magashan got a destruction. So I'm going to say her speech to Yupi Susu, where she uh, explains why, you know, she needs to move on from where she currently is because she wants to live the rest of her life and do a lot of stuff. Uh, I will give a special acknowledgement to, uh, or I guess a wild card to uh, Lucifero's I acknowledge you speech. Like, I just really remember, like, the I, I acknowledge, acknowledge you. I see that you are not ants. You present some challenge. Now I will eviscerate you. It was a very that cool was, moment. 
That was very cool. Yeah. Uh, it is not going to be my pick, but I do want to acknowledge that. I think I will agree with you and say Ruru's speech from, uh, in Magu-chan got a destruction, which had just a phenomenal end to it. Yeah. Uh, the audience picked uh, Lloyd's speech about ignorance isn't bliss. So really good ones there. Uh, Nick, biggest what the fuck moment. Maybe our favorite yeah. one of the entire yeah. year. Uh, Fuko is killed out of nowhere by a villainous new character, and she legit was killed. Uh, she, she was dead. Half the chat, it was like, boom, fucking, she's dead. Uh, Shikamaro being callous and inconsistent while talking about Kawaki killing Boruto to Naruto. That was that was weird. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the new emperors of the sea after Big Mom and Kaido's defeat are Shanks, Blackbeard, Luffy, and Buggy. Uh, Code having his limiters removed and being built up as incredibly powerful immediately gets curse stopped by the little child gremlin uh, demon. Oh, Code. Zing- That's our boy. Ziggy's plan involves kidnapping a bunch of mothers, including <laughs> the mothers of the entire Eden Zero crew, because they produce a special life energy that would let them reach mother and killer. Uh, from Eden Zero. Also from Eden Zero, Cure, the otherwise completely unused but stellar member, has been behind most of the evil of the galaxy to balance out the good. <laughs> Also for me in Zero, Agnoella having all of her relevant character details revealed and then dying in a single chapter. And then finally for me in Zero, the reveal that Captain Connor ugly Rebecca was actually him crying a manly tear because he now knows he has a daughter. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, Great picks. Great picks. So many. This was such a wild year when you put it that way. Um... I kind of felt like when it happened that I was that we were going to say, oh, it's when Code got all his limiters removed mm-hmm. and then got his ass kicked yes. by Damon. So what was the point? However, when I was reminded of Cure <laughs> and his whole big speech about how he was behind every bad thing that has happened. And it was for what? So that Holy would kill him, and that's it. It was nice. all of the ba- all these bad things were by this pointless, random villain reveal that has had no story relevance. I can't not pick that. That's the stupidest fucking post pointless bullshit thing. Uh, that is a great one. I absolutely agree. Uh, however, my what the fuck moment of the year is the reveal that Ziggy has been keeping a bunch of <laughs> naked moms in tubes. In tubes. It's not a sex it's thing. Not a sex thing. But he's doing it because they all get energy that he needs to kill mom. A plan which is then revealed to be pointless because she's dying anyway. <laughs> and we don't get to see it come to a resolution because we left that universe. Yeah, when you put it that way, yes. The fact that <laughs> the fact that since then it has been rendered more what the fucky because it's even more pointless. That's pretty great. It's really just something you're like, why did you have a room full of naked moms? <laughs> Ziggy, all this was pointless. Mother was dying anyway. Was this actually a sex thing? <laughs> He's like, okay, uh, okay. It's actually the ship has it as a sex thing. Ah. I have to listen to the ship. 
Um, actually kind of make it less weird. The audience thankfully managed to finish our trifecta, but they picked uh, Code getting his limiters removed and then immediately getting his shit pushed in, which is a very funny moment. Oh my god. Thank you, Boruto and Eden Zero for your insanity <laughs> brightening our lives. Yes. Um all right, Nick, the best two page spread. Now I could describe each like two page spread, but that's a little weird because then I'm just describing yeah. the art. Um I would say if you're really curious about all the nominees for this one, uh go check out Ninja's uh Google Doc. You can find it in our mm-hmm. Discord. You can see all the nominations there. Uh, but we've checked out all of them, all of the people who are voted in the audience poll are able to see them. Um we can sort of see our favorites there. And I'll say uh of all the ones we saw this year, I think my favorite is the war devil walking away and like the explosion of guts and that happens at like sort of i think it might have just been the first chapter of chains or of the arc uh, yeah, of the uh, arc of the story yeah. yeah the new part it's a very cool moment uh it did remind me of how that was also essentially the ending of one of fujimoto's one shots this year as yeah, well, where yeah. it's like cool people walk away from explosions it's basically that and it was pretty cool yeah no good stuff uh, I am going to uh, go with the uh, the seasons recap uh, two page color spread. It's kind of, it's kind of it's from one of the uh, uh, nominations. It didn't make the cut, but I'm going to choose it anyway. Uh, I think it just looks really cool and it's very nice and colorful. Yes. Uh, the audience, by the way, picked the two page spread of everyone holding back God in the last moment as Foucault mm-hmm. teleports away in Undead Unlock, which is another amazing, amazing moment. So really yeah. cool ones there. Best twist, Nick. Now, whereas the What the Fuck Award tends to go to dumb stuff, this is stuff that is uh, supposed to be good. So these are <laughs> right. uh, good awards. Uh, so best twist, Juez appeals to Luna, an entity on the moon, to give up her ability to loop and send Fuko and Andy forward in time to save Fuko with the addition of Ghost. Yep, wow. that happened. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Suzu, the Eternal, has been the series narrator for the whole time via time travel. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that. It's but, a, uh, yeah. That makes sense. It's, yeah. it's detail. Why uh, man's identity is the Medusas themselves, acting as a parasitic alien AI, a collectively, uh, collective offering immortality via petrification in exchange for reproducing them. Yeah. It uh, kind of feels like it's actually lost a little bit of impact over time, honestly. Yeah, it's it's, it's a yeah. big reveal that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, the results of the Arakawa test are not only are that everyone not only fails, but are expelled from the school, including Akane's dad. Uh, and this was the first chapter of Akane Banashi. Yeah. Um, chapter one twist, but it definitely that did leave a big impact. It was a hell of a way to actually kick off the series. Yes. The twist that the gum gum fruit is actually the human human fruit mythical model Nika, the sun god. I'm not actually a fan of this twist, honestly, because I, I don't know. It, it doesn't have as much significance for me as it feels like it should. Yeah. Uh, the Wizard King Julius Novacrono was secretly also Lucius Zogratus, the fourth Zogratus sibling and connected to Astaroth, the true third supreme devil before Medjugula. It was a good way of resolving that fourth sibling thing that had been lurking in the background. But more importantly than that, uh, he's proved to be a good villain so far. Yes, Master Luscious. Uh, <laughs> Vegapunk got his knowledge of the Void Century from O'Hara, and Saul survived from One Piece. A little, a little yeah, crazy. those are all these are all things that are relevant to me, and I understand them. <laughs> okay, uh, and then Lucky's mom dies long before Lucky's goal of the siblings playing for her could be realized. 
from sad face yes uh i am going to go over into one of the nominations because i want to raise this point and how cool it was for pppppp when maloli uh it turns out had been just trying to get Mimin to quit from boredom so that she could be the number one piano player. She was going to kill Mimin from boredom. Uh, that was insane. Uh, so in terms of like good what the fuck stuff, that's going to be it for me. Yeah, uh, I think I'm also going to dip into our wild cards here and say I really like the twist of Billy, who normally like, hey, this is like a side, like an anti-hero character who's going to become an ally. Like there's weird motivations, but the justification that like, look, for me to try to use my ability i had to make you all hate me which is why i had to be a complete shithead to all of you guys is a very very cool reveal and it fits into the context of that world yeah. with how weird uh negator pill abilities can actually work it was a nice thing to have like you know a non-betrayal thing have a reveal like that and have it make sense and feel satisfying yeah so Good pick. Uh, and the audience picked that the gum gum fruit was actually the human human fruit. I think I lean a little bit more towards you. I think Gear 5 is fucking awesome, but I'm not as huge of a fan of, like, Luffy ate the mythical sun god fruit. Uh, that's just the thing I kind of accept as part and parcel with Gear 5. Mm-hmm. Uh, best fight, Nick. Uh, we have Luffy versus Kaido. Matt uh, from One Piece, Mash versus Levis from Astral Magic of Vessels, who I'm told is the magnet guy. Uh, Mash versus Domino, who I'm told is the water guy from uh, Mashal. Uh, Tokyuki and Fubuki uh, against Toronto Shogun. Uh, Billy versus Ruin. Rain and Finn versus Deli Saster from uh, Mashal. Everyone against Sun from Undead Unlock. And then everyone against Doom from uh, Mashal as well. Yeah. Uh, I just want to uh, give a little bit of love to, oh, I've forgotten his name. Shit. Um, Surgeon guy from Undead Unluck with the blades. Oh, Rip. I've forgotten his Rip name. And Rip. Yes. Uh, Rip and Andy. Yeah. I, I feel like that's 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 a good fight worth mentioning. It's not my pick for fight of the year, but I just didn't see it anywhere in the nominations I wanted to give to a little bit of love. Uh, my pick is going to be the fight with uh, with Shogun. I thought that that was, uh, you know, probably the last fight that I just super enjoyed in the Elusive Samurai uh, and uh, just had a nice, satisfying conclusion uh, and brutal one, too. I hadn't even thought about Rip and Nandy until you said it. And that's a great one. I almost was about to just switch over. But I do have to think of like a fight that really is going to like carry the legacy. Like I have some fights where I'm like, I don't think anyone beyond me is remembering these. No one really is thinking back. Like, remember when Team 7 fought Boro? And you're just like, oh, I thought yeah. that was a good fight. Yeah. Uh, but Luffy versus Kaido is a fight that is going to go down as like an iconic fight of just so many reasons. It was a great fight just in general. There was a lot of really great action to it. A lot of false finishes and the fact that you couldn't really enjoy it in one chunk. You had to enjoy it in like little snippets throughout like 17 <laughs> chapters. But like it was a really exciting and dramatic fight. And I wish we could have just had like a bit more time to focus on some of the big dramatic beats of it, but great fight still. Uh, and yeah. the audience agreed with it as well. Luffy versus Kaido was their pick. Uh, most improved character, Nick. We have had a lot of really good ones for this. So the nominees are lucky for PPPP. Chinatsu from uh, Blue Box. Uh, Shogun, aka uh, Shokan from uh, the Elusive Samurai. Asta for Black Clover. Yoshida from Chainsaw Man, 
uh, Fuko from Undead Unlock, uh, and Finn from Mashal, and Nico from Undead Unlock. Yeah, uh, Nico definitely got some very valuable character development in this year. Uh, also, I, I kind of had forgotten until I went back and listened to our Blue Box uh, uh, recap uh, that we were not really actually all that high on Shinatsu when we started doing uh, Blue Box. And now, like, she's definitely a lot more endearing and now that we've gotten to actually kind of know her more. So I definitely understand her nomination. I'm going to, however, go with Asta because, holy shit, I was not really a fan of this boy. Uh, and uh, now I'm actually kind of invested in what he does in order to get his friends back yeah. and get back to where he needs to be. Uh, I am going to, I agree with that one as well. That is a good one. I'm going to go with Chinatsu though. Cause I like, I try to think of it in like, uh, who I, did I not give a shit about or just outright hate to now I really like. And at the start of blue box, it was a, like, I was like, I know he's never going to pick Hina, but I hope he does. Cause she's the much better character. And it took some time to finally start to like show Chinatsu's personality. And I was like, yeah, Chinatsu fucking rules. Um, and I, I really like how her personality is developing. Uh, the audience picked Fuko, who is a great character as well. I was already kind of high on Fuko, uh, so that's why I didn't go with her for this. But she is extremely awesome. Yeah. Uh, and Nick, now we've got the most important award of all. Yeah, Nick, this is yours. Do you want to? Do you want to do this one? I'll, I'll take us through this one. Sure. We have the Bleach Memorial Best Severed Limb Award. This is for the best case of a limb being severed someone uh an arm being taken off or a leg being taken off uh what is what makes it the best only kubo tight knows that uh hence why is the bleach memorial award uh so our nominees are andy cutting off all his limbs in order to make them all go attack seal because he like fires them like rocket fists and stuff asta cutting off lucifero's arms before cutting through him Doom cutting off Famine's arm as a warning against pointlessly killing off Cell War. Endeavor, his arm being stabbed through and then torn off by one of All for One's tendrils. Uh, the Cockroach Devil repeatedly getting his arm cut off by Denji. Chikara's arm getting lasered off by Sun. Shoji losing one of his arms uh, to Spinner when Spinner got big and bah, messed him up. And uh, Luna, her arm getting sliced to pieces temporarily by Shahrazad. There's a lot of good ones in there. A lot of good ones. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like if I were being, you know, if this were a more sincere category for me, that I would actually go with uh, Endeavor's arm getting ripped off because it's actually probably the most like consequential and dramatic. Uh -huh. uh, but that's not what this award is about. It is about arms being pointlessly taken off in a way that has no impact. Hence, I'm going to go with Luna's arm being temporarily taken to pieces because you know that that's not going to last. She's going to be fine. Um, <laughs> yes. In that same way, I really had to consider the energy of the award. Uh, it is not what was the best arm severing. It was what in, in the memory of Bleach, what is the best severed arm? And I don't know if any capture that Bleach energy more. The Doom cutting off Famine's arm is a warning. And then Famine just being like... Bwarp. And then this is another arm being back, you know? The only thing that would have been missing from that would have been Doom firing a keto spell at the arm he had cut off and vaporizing it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the audience, by the way, picked Chikara's arm being lasered off by the sun, which is extremely cool. But 
Well, the universe has been re- being reset, so that will also have no consequence. That so, is, I, that, so I, so Well, that that well, it's not the universe reset. We're time traveling forward and restarting it again. That Chikara did die after losing his arm. So. Oh no! I'm gonna see a Chikara walking around eventually after this, presumably, and I'm like, he's got two arms. Yeah. That was pointless. That's true. Uh, the coolest moment, Nick. Uh, uh, we got a lot of nominations here. Kid takes a big gun to take, makes a big gun to take down Big Mom. We didn't start off on the best foot. Uh, he made a really big gun. Uh, gun. Domino starts bragging about tanking Mash's punch squared attacks up to 256, and then Mash goes six, 65,536 hit uh, from Mashal. Uh, from Luck, face down by gravity, slice and magma, Andy scoffs at them for thinking it's a three out of one, then separates his body, skin, and blood, uh, or his skin, blood, and skeleton. And each of them take down an opponent. Uh, from Mashal, Rio Grant's cutting down all the giants. From PPPPP, the visualization of Sorchika's performance of La Campanella. From Undead Unlock, Fuko using a gun and imbuing Unlock into her bullets. Uh, also from Undead Unlock, Fuko revealing she's ripped and uses Unlock along with Shen's techniques to wreck Fang. And then finally, from Mashal, Mash repeatedly beating Har- Doom hard enough to make him fall to the ground, only for Mash to give him the, uh, like, you know, fucking come here motion and tell him to get up over and over again. Uh, for me, this is kind of a tricky one because it's it's Fuka running against herself. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to, I guess, go with the unlocked bullets gun uh, because that's just silly and awesome. Uh but her also just like for no real reason just like revealing is like i'm also a cool martial arts expert who <laughs> was also pretty cool but uh un- unluck bullets hell yeah yeah uh for me it was between two it was the the other one you just mentioned with the the technique or mash beating doom hard enough i'm bummed we didn't get to talk about that chapter because that was like a supremely mm-hmm. cool moment of him just being like get up and then beats his ass again it's like get up you hurt my friends uh, but I, I am going to go with Fuko revealing she's ripped and then just using Shen's technique to beat Fang. It's such a fucking cool moment to see this character who was like a meek little fucking like, you know, waif the entire start of the series and slowly came into her own and be like, you know what? I'm going to use my my unlocked powers a little proactively to now she's like, I'm a rip martial arts. I'm going to beat your ass while I punch you. Yeah. Full of <laughs> it's so fucking satisfying and cool. It was so fucking awesome. I, I really, really can't stress how awesome that moment was for me. Um, the audience apparently tied uh, with basically uh, both the moments I mentioned with uh, her being ripped and then Mash beating Doom up and telling it. Uh, part of me is like, I wonder if this is recent, uh, recency bias, but uh, no, all these moments were supremely awesome. And I think, they were all good. Yeah. Uh, maybe the big award, the crown jewel in Weekly Manga Recap, Nick, the best villain award. Uh, yep. Our nominations are Shao Arakawa from Akane Banashi, Big Mom from One Piece, Kaido from One Piece, Gakuan Odogami from PPPP, Dosan from Duran Dororan. He had an entire saga named after him. I, I kind of want to give it to Dosan. <laughs> Mo- just <laughs> Maloli Yamanaka from PPPP, Fanta from PPPP, and Shahrazad from Ginkgo and Luna. Now, Nick, we have the opportunity 
to both give Dosan our villain of the year. <laughs> we we could. We absolutely could. And then it would just be this weird blip in in our history of just like, yeah, Dosan was the best villain. Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> uh but I, I I don't know. Like there I have enough sincerity left in my body that I'm not going to do that. Okay. Um so I am going to instead go with, uh, and this is a little bit weird, uh, but because there were some good villains in in this year, uh, hell, even Lucifero was was kind of fun, uh-huh. um, even though he was just a final boss that just showed up. <laughs> that was basically it. But there was one villain this year who had a villain motivation moment. Where you listen to it and went, oh, he's kind of got a fucking point. And that kind of makes me hate him more. And that's Isho. Mm-hmm. And I have to give that to him. He is the guy who kicked off the big plot uh, motivation for our hero in Akane Banashi. Uh, there were some other, you know, characters uh, in those kinds of, uh, you know, more grounded series that you know were very hateable in their own way like Gakwan for just being an abusive shithead who doesn't care about anybody uh for example Fanto got to be very compelling towards the end of this year uh, and then there were on the other hand you know some cool big stuff from like Kaido and Big Mom uh and god Dosan so so I really want to give it to Dosan but I have to go with my what's really in my heart and say Isha was the best villain this year okay uh, I want to put a wild card on Lucifer. I do think he should be nominated. He is, I thought, a good villain, and I thought his his big fight with everybody fighting him was like entertaining. Um, so I think he should be in there over you know certain characters that <laughs> maybe don't need to be in there. Uh, Gakwan hit his kids, but he's only been in like four chapters. I don't know if he needs to be villain of the year. He's a bad guy. He's a bad he's, guy. It's really just his presence more than yeah. anything. Yeah. Um. But. For me, it's between two. I don't think anyone had like a monumental like holy shit year as like far as the series we recap goes. Um, but for me, it's between a show and Kaido. And I agree with you on a show where a show is like really like if I thought of like the most tension a villain brought, it is definitely like those three chapters where like he was like what's your name and then he's like all right let's have this conversation it does all that stuff with akane uh with kaido it was like hey here's like a big you know uh battle shonen antagonist but he also has that great speech about like this is what losing a war means and all that he really did seem intimidating i think gun to my head right now i'm gonna say kaido but i do think it could have been either one of them so totally get that totally get that uh, and the audience picked, uh, agreed with you, Show Aokawa as their antagonist villain of the year. Awesome. Finally, Nick, we wrap this up. We have to do our best series of the year. We don't need to go over all the entries. We know all the ones no, that are in we here. Know all the, we've, we've talked about all the, yes. all the series here. Um, Look, we've had some good stuff this year. Yeah. Uh, we Black Clover was better than I ever expected it would be blue box was a lot of fun it was great to have chainsaw man back 
uh, we had some great conclusions for like Maguchan and and Doctor Stone, and then we also had some stupid good times from you know the bad series uh, like Eden Zero uh, and and Boruto. But come on, it was it was the year of undead unluck, I, and I can't deny that it was too good every week. It was too good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I agree. Undead, like I sh- again, this isn't a question. Again, if you followed my MVP and character Absolutely. of the weeks, so you're like, yeah, Quinn's obviously picking Undead Unluck. It's been stupidly good this year. Um, really, one of like the most hype kind of like moments I-, I-, I can ever feel toward the manga, where I'm like, every week, I'm like, I can't fucking wait, and like. 90% of the time the ta- the chapter fucking delivers too. There's like so much emotion, so many cool just visuals, great lines. Like I have it saved to my phone just Fuko being like, "Hi Mr. Nico, you want to go kill God?" Like it's just great <laughs> moments like that and it really like the audience picked uh had a tie between Akane Banashi and Undead And I I agree Akane Banashi had a great year. Black Clover had a very good year. One Piece had a very good year. Blue Box had a very good year. Giga Luna has had a very good year. But Undead Unluck has had a great year in my mind. Like, I'm like, even that bit where Fuko's dead, I was like, yeah, Andy fucking ruled. That great fight with Rip, you know, the 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 confrontation with Nico, the reveal with Billy, like, all that stuff Fuko wasn't really present for, but was still amazing. So, yeah, great stuff. Yep. There was some good manga this year. And I hope the same is true for 2023. Yeah. I will say before we wrap this up, there are other awards that people can check out. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition to the superlative awards, there are supplementary awards with categories like best new design, best new series, best arc. You can check those out uh, over on Ninja X3i's uh, Google Doc, which you can find in our Discord. The link is included in the description for every video. It is free to join. There is no expectation. It's just a fun place to come hang out and talk about manga if you'd like. And other stuff yeah. too. Yep, there is also like biweekly game nights nice that get hosted on on the on the uh, server as well, and uh, it's just a great great source to keep track of all things weekly manga recap, such as like when the show goes live, which you can also do by following us on social media. Although that's in a little bit of an uncertain stage right now in terms of where you're going to be able to find us. For right now, uh, she is at Rolo T. I'm at Nick F Time, and you can also follow at WMR Podcast the uh, a more official account where the announcements will go live from, as well as being on the Discord server. Uh, as mentioned previously, patreon.com slash weekly manga recap for bonus stuff if you feel like giving a little bit of support to the podcast financially. Uh, and uh, then if you just want to listen to all of our past stuff, you can go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash weekly manga recap for video versions, which uh, include an opening by Milo Jackson and Wizzy Del Cheddar. Thank you guys for creating that for us uh and uh also you can see some thumbnails that are drawn by steve man whose work you can see wherever boobs are allowed to be drawn on the internet uh and you can follow him at steve man art as well uh and uh yeah that's that's gonna do it that's 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 2022 everybody yes it was a good time this was a good year for the show um i think a good year for us too i think we had a lot of fun together this year uh, I got married. Like, yeah. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Uh, my brother died. That's not as good, I guess. Um, but you know. Oh. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I mean, like, look, 
my year in general has been a very mixed bag for obvious reasons. Like I came out this year, which is great. Uh, mm-hmm. And started on hormones and like all that sort of stuff. And then, yeah, like some bad stuff happened too. Um, but I think like for the show has been like a constant positive presence in my life. And I've uh, greatly appreciated like the joy of getting to spend each week with like my best bud. Like I'm a lot of fun, you know? So Thanks. You're, you're, you're my best friend too. <gasps> and and uh, not to just leave them out of it. Uh, guys... I know we tease you sometimes, like when you give us weird recommendations to do or when we tease you over like some sexy stuff that you like. But thank you all so much for continuing to support the show. We love interacting with you and being able to keep in touch with you and actually have this community that, uh, you know, surrounds the show feel like a community. Uh, Thank you for uh, joining us here each week when we talk about manga and have silly times together. Yeah. And thank you for enduring it when Quinn and I put five minutes aside every episode to talk about stuff that you don't care about. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> my favorite, Wesley. is the fact that there are people here who listen, despite the fact like, three minutes, yeah, as you said, like, five minutes of the show are devoted to just talking about wrestlers. <laughs> a context that nobody seems to enjoy except the two of us. But I hear people are like, I listen to it, you know? I don't know who you're talking about, but you guys seem to have fun. And I hear some people are like, thank you for putting in a time code. <laughs> like, like, it's <laughs> both are equally valid i appreciate that um yeah our discord has been uh, also one of the most monumentally important things to me this year so i i truly appreciate all you guys all right thanks and we'll see you for the rest of this year bye everybody see you in 2023 oh wait the year's already passed